Your style is unorthodox. But effective. It is not the art, but the combat that you enjoy. Man, you come right out of a comic book. You are now listening to Black Comics Chat. Black 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 Comics Chat. We are live on Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. We are live on Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. Hi, this is Anthony Rutgazer. I'm the writer of The First Hero and Heroes of Homeroom C, and you are listening to Black Comics Chat. Hi, this is Regine Al Sawyer, owner, writer, creator of Lock It Down Productions, and the coordinator and founder of the Women in Comics Collective International. You are now listening to Black Comics Chat. What is popping? What's cracking? This is Marcus Kwame, and we are back with another quarantine Black Comics Chat. Um, you know, we are. Very happy to be here. It's, it's been a minute since we've done the uh, the main show. You know, we've been doing our uh, comics and serial on the weekends, but it's good to be back to do another Black Comics Chat. And we're very happy to have a returning guest to the show to speak all about his exciting new project. But first, as always, I'm just going to do the introductions for the Black Comics Chat crew, and then we will introduce our distinguished guest. So right now, you know, it's just uh, it's just just Leo and myself. Um, you know, I was just thinking today it's funny because I've been enjoying the uh, the Scrubs podcast, and you know, some some Twitter followers may know that Leo and I are the uh, the have been known as the JD and Turk of the uh, the comics world. But um, you know, so it it, it kind of feels like we, we 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 got like competition. Maybe we're getting slightly sunned by JD and Turk. You know, moving into podcasting. But anyway, um, yeah, my first, our first uh, member of the Black Comics Chat crew is Leo, you know, brother from another mother. And uh, what's up? Yo, what's going on? Oh, I'm like, I'm, I, I feel confused because I'm like first, <laughs> for first to be know, exposed right? here. Uh, yeah, what's going on? Uh, you know, just like, uh, shit, Thelonious isn't here, so uh, I'm holding it down like gravity, Marcus. That's a, that's you a. Got- Little phrase that I just came up with off, you know, off, off the rip. Um, like yeah, you know, uh, in LA, uh, moderate temp today. Uh, I'm, you know, scared of all the all the airborne pathogens that are invading, um, and uh, and yeah, and and I was gonna say what I've been what I've been doing. I've been, I've been playing a I've been playing a, a. It's messed up. I'm I'm playing one of those video games. I'm not allowed to tell anybody whether it's good or not. Oh, until the end of the that, month. That reviewer life. Yeah, so I will just say that I'm playing a game, and it is, it is a game. Mm, and okay. that's legally all I'm allowed to say about it. It is definitely a game. I mean, I, I think it's safe to say you wet many appetites with that. Uh, <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm down to get into it. Let's do it. Okay, cool, cool. And, uh, yeah, we are expecting uh, Grace and most likely Tony to be joining us a little bit later. But uh, they'll, they'll probably hop on uh, Brother Man style, you know. So, But, um, as I mentioned, I'm Marcus Kwame, and 
we are happy to have returning to the show um, Baron, Dr. Baron Bell. Um, you've probably heard him in the past uh, with our, our good friend Robert K. Jeffrey speaking about Radio Free America. Um, but yeah, he's here today to speak about a brand new project that he's working on. So yeah, can't wait to get into it. How are you today? Oh man, I'm blessed. How are you guys doing? Good, good. You know, as as good as good as anyone is writing it out in a in our in our homes, but, you know. <laughs> it's it is a new normal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Definitely is. But um yeah, so I mean you you may recall from your last time on the show, we like to start out by asking everyone their origin story. So can you tell us a little bit about your origins with comics, you know, it, both in terms of reading and consuming comics and in mm -hmm. terms of uh working in comics? Oh man, this is one of those uh, when did you fall in love with hip hop questions. Right, exactly. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so Where were you when you heard Criminal Minded? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you went there. <laughs> well, uh, so when I, I fell in love with comics um, uh, at a very early age, uh, my gateway drug of choice was the X Men, Mark Silvestri. Yes. Uh, you know, back in the day, uh, my brother had a. Uh, a trunk load of or a suitcase full of comics and he just kind of said here you go and you know as a noob i'm like okay well shoot let me let me see what this is all about and i was absolutely riveted riveted just by the storytelling the artistry the ev even the social com the even the social commentary uh, through comics do you remember what the first one uh of the of that run that you picked up was? oh my goodness you had to go there oh man Oh, I can't remember. Or just yeah, or yeah, I it doesn't remember. matter. I remember but, uh, that, that was a I mean, on point. And, but but the X Men carried me through, you know, the Brood and Weapon X and just uh, just I mean everything. Yeah, I mean it's. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, the Brood is is coming back. I, I, yeah, I just I just that. That, yeah. I haven't read that yet. I gotta I gotta I gotta scoop that definitely. But uh, but so that was uh like I said, my gateway drug of choice for comics, and I was. You know, I was dabbling in the arts, too, um, being, you know, a budding artist at eight years old, drawing on the wall. And uh, then my mom kind of kindly directed me to pad and paper. And uh, then, uh, you know, it, it was just a, a love affair ever since. Um, I went to college uh, for film and animation, uh, and then I ended up in L.A. Um, trying to uh, sell an animated TV series. This was back in uh, 2000. And uh, at the same time, I was working on a my first self-published comic called Cobalt Warrior Angel. Um, got some interest in that from some people at Warner Brothers. It ne nothing ever came of it, but uh, it just really showed me that, hey, man, you know, you, you don't have to, to do the traditional route to get into Hollywood. You can just go through comics if that's your choice. Um, so after that, you know, I just kind of did my thing with teaching and all sorts of other things. Fast forward to 2009, I released my first published book called Radio Free America, um, which is, uh, I guess, the best way I can describe it. It's Red Dawn meets The Wire. Uh, just, uh, you know, so hip hop meets the apocalypse. <laughs> so, uh, and then, um, you know, after a couple of years of doing that, um, fast forward till now and Dominion. All right, cool. And um, you, I think we spoke about this before, but you um, write and you um, illustrate as well, right? Absolutely, yeah. So for you, did one predate the other, or was it just kind of always a, a package deal? You know what? It's it's interesting you say that. No one's ever asked me that before. 
So it gives me an opportunity to actually think about it. But I really do believe that it was a package deal because I'd always been I, I had a love for creative writing for a long, a long, long time. And that went kind of tandem with my love of art and drawing. And uh, I was writing scripts alongside of just drawing, you know, uh, comic panels at the same time. So really, when I when I wrote Cobalt, it was it really was like a no brainer. So I wrote it and I drew it. So that's been kind of like my thing ever since. Cool, cool. And um, you mentioned Mark Silvestri. Um, are there any other just, you know, either writers or um, artists or both that were kind of early influences of yours? Yeah, well, in comics, man, um, you know, Adam Hughes. I'm always a big fan of Adam Hughes. Uh, Stuart Eminem did a run on X-Men, and, and he did a run in Star Wars, which which I absolutely love. Sarah Pacelli, when she did um, Miles Morales, that was a game changer for yeah. me. Um, and then, of course, you know, we, you know, we, we got uh, our, our beloved brothers and sisters, Afua Richardson, uh, Ryan Benjamin, you know, saying those are those are some influences as well. As far as writing is concerned, um, man, I'm all over the place because I go back, you know, in sci-fi, great uh, novelists like Isaac Asimov, Orson Scott Card, um, even more currently James Corey in The Expanse. And then, of course, you know, the, the, the classics like uh, C.S. Lewis and, and J.R. Tolkien. Cool, cool. I've still, I've still not recovered from Orson Scott Card being like a psychotic homophobe. <laughs> like, I haven't, like, I haven't gone back to his books, like, since that all, like, got really apparent. And because yeah. I remember, like, the, like, where, like, where I got uh, open on that was when he wrote the, that video game for the Xbox, Shadow Complex. Okay. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was, like, I hadn't thought about Orson Scott Card since I was like a kid reading the Ender's Games novels, and I was like, "Oh mm -hmm. yeah, cool." And I really liked the game. And then when yeah. that happened, it was like that was when a bunch of like really creepy ass interviews came out where he said yeah. a lot of brazy shit. And yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, you get a you get a real clue uh, as to as to who someone is, especially nowadays in this in this uh, Twitterized generation that we're in, where everyone's thoughts becomes lines of text. <laughs> yeah, they come quick. Very, very, very quickly. And, but he, uh, was, he that wasn't just Twitter. He was, like, writing blog, like, really just, like, you know, not even just hatred, just, like, yeah, insane, like, insane, like, a man losing his mind, like, just. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know, like, what he was going on about. The other, like, name, that Stuart Eminent is a really good pull, but the other name that, like, jumped out because, and I know this is just my own ignorance, is Adam Hughes, Oh, yeah. Um, man, like, I used to love... I remember when Ghost came out, it was, like, oh, a serious goodness. moment in comics. Like, Ghost was, like, uh, unreal. And, I Ghost mean... Ghost was transcendental. I mean, that, the, the style, the storytelling... I mean, it's just, like, man, this is crazy. Yeah, it was... It felt like... It felt like the kind of thing that, like... And that wasn't even... I was gonna say, like, that... That was Dark Horse, which is no, like, small fry, but yeah. it was also was... It wasn't Marvel or DC. I feel like that was one of the big Dark Horse books that just exploded, like... Oh, absolutely. Unless I'm wrong about that. It was Dark Horse. Am I crazy? Ghost was... I think I'm oh. fairly sure that Ghost was Dark Horse. I'm almost... I almost almost put money on it. Um, but where, I, where I'm professing my ignorance is I don't know what he's been up to since. I haven't really... I feel like I've seen his name around, which makes me think he's still doing art, but I don't know what he, what Adam Hughes has been working on. I haven't really seen much of Hughes. 
I feel like I've been doing more in the way of like covers and things. yeah, it's right. more I've covers. seen images, like I've seen even sketches on Twitter or something. Like I've seen activity from, but I haven't heard like of a new Adam Hughes book. And I just feel like yeah, he brought that he brought that uh, that Art Nouveau style like to comics that I feel like oh, yeah. they're still doing. Like he kind of like brought an ang- an artistic angle that is still sort of being plunged by by new artists even today. Well, you can see a little bit of that inspiration in Dominion um, uh, because I do draw on on my inspirations, you know, like Adam Hughes and, and, and Sarah Pacelli and, and Eminem. Um, you know, these are like our modern day masters. So yeah. it's like I can't help but to have some of that sprinkled in to my stuff. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, I was going to ask you because, you know, and, you know, much love to, to writers, but I don't always get to speak to artists on the show. Um, what would you, I mean, I definitely in some of the names you, you mentioned, um, beyond just their mastery, I think there are, you know, some through lines, especially mm-hmm. as far as like, um, they all are artists that have a strong sense of conveying form, you know, oh, yeah. the mm-hmm. two medium. Like, is is there anything else that you would say kind of carries in between all of these particular artists for you? I really do believe that their their mastery of the the human figure is something that I do believe students should study. And I teach art at um, college. I teach for two schools. I teach Liberty University and I teach at George Fox University. And for both of those schools, I've for both of them, I've developed uh, comic book curriculums, and uh, part mm. of that is is delving into conveying the human figure in a way that is conducive to comics, uh, but it also hails back to the masters uh, and Art Nouveau and and all of those different art forms. Um, because the thing I think that we we do, I mean, back in the day when I was a new in comics is taking a lot of shortcuts and I wasn't doing the, the, I wasn't doing the work. I wasn't doing the, the homework of research and practice and filling up a sketchbook with hands, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> or, or, or eyeballs or whatever you, that's the, that's the work that, that you have to do. Uh, if you want to be good and, and, and my, my buddy, uh, Ryan Benjamin, uh, he's, he was, he's a, a, a poster child of, just practice, 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 right. and 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 marry yourself to being the best at what you can do. Yeah, that's great. You know, it's funny because you know we've uh, we recently had um, Joel Kristen Gill on, and he also you know teaches comic book art. Do you feel like when years ago when I went to college, um, I ended up going to a school. I wanted to study comics, but I ended up, you know, doing, you know, traditional illustration. Um, is is that a course of study, like a comic-specific one? Is that becoming more common, would you say? Well, I'm trying to make it more common. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm making it, it, you know, it is, you know, guys, I'm a comic book artist, but I'm also a teacher. You know what I'm saying? And so my goal is to teach what I know, which is comics, which is the craft, which is the writing uh, that collides with the artistry. And that is a huge, huge thing for me to, because I don't want comics to be a dying art form. I don't believe it will be, but I think there needs to be an intentional um, effort to 
constantly renew our skills and renew our knowledge and, and our understanding of comics as an art form, going back all the way since the cave paintings at Lascaux, France. I mean, come on, man. I mean, we've been a visual people ever since, even before then. So, you know, my thing is comics is a, is a fantastic way to, to communicate truth, to communicate uh, beauty, uh, action. Uh, it's one of those few art forms where you can set your own pace at how you actually experience it without having to press a play button. Yeah, that's a really good point. I feel like I brought it up on the show before, but um, one of the things that I think about sometimes is, and, you know, I mean, I love film. But with film, you know, you have like a fixed uh, screen ratio, you know what I mean? But comics yeah. really allows you to to kind of get in there and play around with how each uh, frame and just, uh, you know, images is presented um, in just like countless ways, you know what I mean? Absolutely. So, yeah, that's cool. All right. So um, let's uh, yeah, let's get into Dominion a little bit. Um, can you just, you know, give everyone a rundown of um, what Dominion is about and also when it will be available? Sure, sure. OK, well, the quick and I teach my students, I'm like, listen, if you can't sell it in a sentence, you can't really sell it. <laughs> so the, the quick and dirty, that, that's the thing we've had to work. on. <laughs> the, quick and, <laughs> the quick and dirty elevator pitch is uh, Dominion is a, a sci fantasy space opera inspired by events in the Bible, specifically the story of King Saul's war with the Philistines. That's really what it is. It, it, the, but where it departs from that logline is that it's set in space. Uh, the characters are anthropomorphic, meaning that they are uh, human bodies with animal heads. And when they fight, sometimes they use uh, mechanized power suits to wage war. Cool. And what, uh, yeah, so I mean, like, what was the origin of, of the story idea for you? Like, how did it begin? Well, you know, the origin of this story for me was that, number one, I was looking for something else to do after Radio Free America. Um, but I wanted something that was interesting to me and something that I would know would be interesting to other people. Um, my thing was, you know, I loved uh, Game of Thrones and I loved those types of stories but I could not get past some of the gratuitous use of sex and, and, and violence and all that. So I wanted to tell a story similar to that, a Game of, a game of Thronesian type story that was just a little bit more family friendly. Uh, and what better way to do that would be to plumb the depths of one of the best stories ever, which is the Bible. And so I've, uh, I, I've been, I'm a history freak, you know, as well as a comic book nerd. And I love the historical aspects of all things. And, and of course, I've been reading the Bible recently. And I'm like, man, you know, this story of, of King Saul is just like Game of Thrones. It really is. And so I'm like, this is a family story of a, a, a saga, a, a legacy, a saga of war, bloodshed, pain, everything. I'm like, man, why don't I take some of that, which everybody already, well, a lot of people who have uh, who are familiar with the story already knows, and adapt it in a way that extracts all the things that I love. I love sci-fi. I love fantasy. I love mechs. <laughs> I love Star Wars. I love Chronicles of Narnia. I love all of that stuff. And so I said, okay, now that I have that kind of a goulash, how am I going to make this into a nice soup? And, and that's where Dominion came from. Cool. And so... 
I guess like uh, you know, cre- uh, creative process wise, right? Like you have you're you're taking you know an existing story, like you said that many people know, but you're you're adding so many fresh elements to it. Also, to your point, I, I feel like the Bible is the original um, Game of Thrones. Oh but, yeah, um, you know, a lot of treachery going on, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, yeah. So, like, I guess walking through your creative process of like how you decide, like, you know, um, how to adapt that, like, what, um, how you you bring in your your new elements. You know what I mean? Like, what's 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 that writing process like for you? Yeah. Uh, well, the first thing I do is figure out number one, you have to tell a story, even if it's even if it's adapted from existing narrative, existing material. Uh, you have to tell your own story. And the good thing about um, the Bible is that while there are portions of the Bible that are extremely expository, um, there are a whole lot of gaps in between some of the storytelling. So, you know, something may happen in one year and then in the next verse, 20 years have passed. And so you have a lot of creative license to go into those 20 years. And this is really kind of why I was very interested in King Saul, because King Saul was a very flawed character. I mean, he 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 was a powerful man. He had great intentions, but he was a narcissist. <laughs> and he wasn't a great dad either. And so his his children kind of suffered for that. So I wanted to tell that story. Not that, not the oh, okay, the, the typical story, Bible story, whatever. No, I wanted to tell the story of a family on the edge of crisis, in a kingdom on the brink of war. And so that's where it all started. And then, of course, with the the anthropomorphic characters, I'm like, well, the best way that I can convey the story that I want to tell is a way that could be more universal to everyone. When you're dealing with animals, animal characters, and this is what C.S. Lewis kind of, kind of pegged on, is you can convey a lot of truth that will transcend... Uh, race, culture, gender, all of that, because they're animals. Uh, animals, when you look at their face, don't they're not necessarily expressive. Animals don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a black man and I owned a dog, but that doesn't mean my dog was black. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So my dog was just my dog. And so, um, and so that's the thing. It's like, you know, for me, and then also animals bring out a childlike quality in adults that I think, is very very beneficial to storytelling. Well, I mean, like, okay, a couple things. One, you got lions front and center in this comic, which, oh, yeah. like, I mean, I, I I feel like lions in many respects, iconography wise, are a stand-in for black people. Like they have been, <laughs> they will be. Like I'm not I'm not I'm not telling stories out of school to like make that obvious most obvious connection. Um, yeah. Also, like. I do feel uh, there is something about like I don't I don't consume a ton of anthropomorphic animal comics though I have definitely like like read read quite a few uh, in my time I do feel like it's a different venue I feel like there is a comic reader a comic fan and a comic reader who will not pick up a comic that is anthropomorphic animals. And there are others that would be geared toward. And there are, of course, others that are sort of like agnostic either way. But mm-hmm. I feel like there is a, it is like, a, it is like a kind of pronounced statement to be like, I'm doing an animal, an animal people comic. Let's go. Let's do it. 
Like that's a that's a yeah. that's a big yeah. decision. That's a style. Uh, I yeah, feel like even you, beyond stylistically, it's an important yeah. like choice. But you know, but you know, Leonard, the thing is, it's like um, if you've ever read, if you've never read um, Black Sad, I love Black Sad. Oh yeah, that's that's guys, not a great it, video it, game, unfortunately. Not a great. Oh, game. I never, I never knew it was video. It, it game. just came out like it came out within the past year. It is a little, it is a little, but no, the Black Sad's great, and the art is like astonishing incredible yeah, yeah yeah i mean my thing is you know the 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 creator of black sad set set out to tell a story that story was set uh in a in a time of prohibition in a time of racism in a time i mean in in the way he was able to convey all of that through these animals and yes you are right there is a certain thing that you can you can attach to a specific animal in their features facial features whatever you can absolutely do that which, you know, I mean, granted, I mean, that's definitely a, a choice. And you're right. I did make a, I, I did make a very firm choice when I said I want to do animals. Uh, but my thing is, through my, through my storytelling and through my marketing, I want to win over those people who would never read mm. an anthropomorphic story. Mm. That's really why I, I, I do this. I, I, I do podcasts and I, you know, talk about the story and I talk about the, the, the uh, biblical in- inspiration of the story. And I do talk about the, the, the Star Wars and, and uh, the uh, Chronicles of Riddick, which is, you know, one of my, one of my favorite uh, movies, <laughs> believe it or not. No, 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 very good. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. It, so that's the thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, and Dune, by the way, Dune um, is a, if you look at, if you the look film? at Dominion, Dune. Yeah. If you, if you look at Dominion, you're going to see a little bit of Dune in Dominion. And okay. there, Dune is one of, especially stylistically. Um, and while the, while the movie was, was, was good. And I'm really, I have high hopes for the, the new Denis, the new film. Mm-hmm. I have high hope for it. The books, the books were really what captured my imagination. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that really, but yeah, but you, something, you definitely have a point there, uh, Leonard. Yeah. Like it's a, like, it's a thing like you can't really hide from. It's like you, you show it to somebody. There's there's no bones about it. It's like, this is, (laughs) this is where, this is the road I went down. This is how I'm framing this. Yeah. Well, well, another thing is iconography is very, very important in the Bible too. Because if you look at the lions, lions represent royalty. They represented the the lion of Judah, which ended up being the tribe of David, mm-hmm. which led to Jesus Christ, the, the lion of Judah. So I was very intentional when I uh, assigned lions to the, the royalty of dominion. Absolutely. And then going down the line and even with the the enemies, um, you'll, you'll see the warlike, the warriors of dominion. Are predators, okay? Uh, the the lions. Um, you have uh, you know uh, peregrine falcons, eagles. You know all, all of those guys. They're 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 predators and they're warriors. On the on the on the flip side, with the antagonists, you'll see that they are they're reptiles. Uh, they're lizards. They're amphibians. They're you know uh, you know these more kind of imposing water dwelling reptiles, and so. I really have thought a lot about the iconography when it comes to who is what specifically as far as animal specification and dominion. Okay. Can I, can I ask the question? This is is probably, I feel like uh, the most obvious question that some people might be thinking about here, which is what do you feel about like, do you anticipate some people not picking this up because it's inspired by 
by the Bible. Or I do. Like, or, I, I do. Or you know what, man? I, I honestly do. But you know what, man? Listen. I mean, Game of Thrones could have been the Bible. You know what I'm saying? I mean, <laughs> it, honestly, Lord of the Rings. You know what I'm saying? I mean, listen. This is this is weird when, shit in there. I'll tell you that. Seriously, mm-hmm. when, when you look, when you look, when you seriously look at at the, especially the the history books of the Bible, it's war, 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 war. Little bit of peace. War, 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 war. Little bit of peace. It could have been any story. It could have been any historical epic. It could have been the epic of Gilgamesh. It could have been the epic of Hannibal. It could have been the, the fall of the Roman Empire. It could have been all of that. But mm-hmm. it just so happens to be inspired by the Bible, which, you know, which is what which was my choice. It was the thing that I was interested in. I do expect, though, yes, to have people to say, oh, yeah, it's, it's the Bible. I'm not going to pick that up. But it's my job as a good communicator to say, okay, that's fine. You can look at it at that level. But let's peel back the layers a few a, a few pages and just kind of see what else inspires this because listen i say star wars (laughs) Mm -hmm. i say the chronicles of riddick i say doom so all of these battlestar galactica big time you know i didn't i didn't even about man absolutely i I didn't even i honestly like uh, i saw battlestar galactica late and i didn't realize it till like you know like near the end like kind of where it was approaching that and where it like the the sort of jumping off point it took from like because a bunch of it is biblical related yes um, and like playing off that like heavy um but you did but like also and i appreciate i I appreciate this i'm I'm not calling it out because i don't i actually do appreciate Mm -hmm. the fact that um it is at least on the sample that you sent us and i presume it'll be like you know somewhat uh, prominently positioned once the book is uh is is full and available uh that that is like part of it it's not like something you snuck into the like <laughs> the last page tiny print or something you're like this is what i'm doing like we're take, we're do, we're come with me on this journey like we're doing this yeah. thing no, I'm pretty blatant. I'm pretty blatant about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is good. Which is good. Yeah, I'll, good. I'll tell you chapter and verse. It, it comes directly from First Samuel chapter 15, which, which talks about the rise of Saul, and 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 that that's the thing. But my thing is, if you take take the um, uh, the preconception away from it, if you look at it, it is a portion of history. And it is history. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the uh, the Bible can be verified. Uh, through ancient uh, secondary tertiary text, documents, uh, artwork, Dead Sea Scrolls, all sorts of uh, the Torah. Uh, so there's a lot of history that is verifiable uh, through, through uh, archaeology. And so I'm telling a story, yes, that, that is uh, part of a religion, but it also is part of history as well. And, you know, my thing is, I find that very intriguing. But you mentioned Battlestar Galactica. And I mean, listen, Battlestar Galactica was a religious show. It was. It was. <laughs> Come on, man. They oh, talked about God. They talked about God from day one. From I know. Jump. And I, I, I did not pick that too. up until like the, literally the end of it. Like I yeah. did not pick that up like really yeah. at all. Oh, I don't want to nerd out on Battlestar too much, but I. It's interesting because I've always theorized, you know, much like Star Wars, it's like a galaxy long time ago, far, far yeah. away, and not yeah. to spoil it for people who haven't seen it, but. Yeah. There's I don't think a, you're allowed to be spoiled by Battlestar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I won't get too specific. But long story short, it actually, as a kid, I always theorized that, like, you know, in my own fan fiction in my head, that it was Star Wars. There may, they may have been our predecessors from far, far away, et cetera. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but like Battlestar actually, you know, uh, paints a picture of, of how that, that came together. And I always thought that was, I, I like the end of the show. I know a lot of people. Um, I kind of do too. Cheek man. We, Chico and I talk about it. So that Chico hates, hates, Chico <laughs> hates the, hates the Jimi Hendrix thing, which I actually really, love. <laughs> I love the Jimi Hendrix thing. I, I did too. Oh I did. my gosh. I yeah. Chico, it. Chico's like, I, that's what made him hate the show. I, loved it. I really love that. <laughs> I personally, that was brilliant. Actually. <laughs> I personally did do love that myself. But, but you know what though? Even, even uh, Marcus, you mentioned star Wars, star Wars, uh, in, at the hub of what makes Star Wars move is the Force. Mm -hmm. The Force is a religion. The Force could represent the Holy Spirit. You know what I'm saying? The Force could represent the, the Force of Earth, the Force of Nature. The Force could represent anything that someone can classify as a religion. You know what I'm saying? And as a matter of fact, um, you know, uh, they call it a religion in, in, right. in, in Star Wars uh, A New Hope. And so that's the thing. It's like, you know, I think that people need not get hung up too much on that word because it is literally a, a device. It's a tool to move the story. And honestly, this Dominion is a story about a family. Dominion is a story about a, a flawed king who, who, who just so happened to be a horrible father and a horrible husband, a son who sought, who seeks his dad's approval so much. He does all sorts of things to try to, to curry his favor. You have the queen a Hennoim, who is the default force and power behind Dominion, trying to hold it together while her while her husband slowly drops into madness. And then you have a daughter, Michael, who seeks to be more than just a princess, but she decides to uh, secretly uh, get into a, a, a mech uh, power suit to to fight the Philistines. So it's it it's a it's a story of a complicated family, but it's also derived from from this text. Tony, are you on the call? Because I feel like you must have some thoughts on Star Wars and religion. <laughs> I, am on, I am on the call. Hello, how are you? Hey, how Tony. You How's it going? It's been a rough week, but I'm, I'm doing what I got to do. So, um, you know, there's a lot of um, great stories that are based either from the Bible or religion in general. Um, and I've always had that feeling that Star Wars kind of totes that line. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I feel like... <laughs> You could be looking at a, a at a at a group of monks <laughs> who somehow you know capture you know some sort of spirit or power and sort of can heal people, can fight, can do all types of godly things. You know, um, and they try to explain it in episode one with these fucking midichlorians. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's a, I was gonna say that. that please. <laughs> Let's not talk about yeah. I, I, I choose to ignore that. <laughs> <laughs> most of us, most of us do. Right. Um, yeah, some yeah, I, have I, more Jesus juice than others. <laughs> that makes scientific uh, logic. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. But you know what, though? I mean, and, and Tony, you know, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi could have easily been Elijah in the Bible. Yeah. Calling fire, Elijah called fire down from heaven to consume 88 piece of bail. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? I mean, mm -hmm. it's like, who does that? Elijah, you know, he can whip his cloak on the ground and part water and walk on dry land. You know what I'm saying? It's like these things that I do believe George Lucas drew upon when he was creating the, the, the characters of Obi-Wan Kenobi and even the Force in general. And you know, what's, what's funny um, is just, 
seeing, I, I forgot where, where I saw this, but uh, I think it was either on Instagram, Twitter, or whatever. Some Somebody's grandmother had a picture of like Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan. She thought it was Yeah, Jesus. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the, you could see the, where the parallels definitely lie, in, in mm. particularly in Star Wars. Well, and, you know, look at that first scene uh, in A New Hope where you first see Obi-Wan Kenobi when he, when he uh, saves Luke from the, uh, the, the sand people. Uh, you see him walking out of the wilderness, right? Um, it, looking haggard, and he has his cloak on. And, I mean, he could have been like John the Baptist, you know, coming out of the wilderness, looking Absolutely. crazy and, and, and wild, and then, you know, using his power to, to draw fear out of these, these people. So, I mean, it's, it, it, I think these are kind of um, uh, universal-type archetypes, and and I think that's that's it's nothing. There's nothing new when it comes to these types of characters. Um, I'm just drawing from one of the original sources of this type of archetype. So, um, I, if I could uh, again, because because I don't, you know, always get to talk shop about art, but um, in the sample you sent us, like the I, I really in, enjoyed the the visual side of storytelling as well. Um, you know, just the, the the sense of movement, form, and the uh, the the action and the layout. Um, can you talk a little bit about like on this particular project how you approach it visually? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wanted to convey uh, a sense of majesty when you look at Dominion. I want to convey a sense of legacy. Um, I want it to feel ancient. I want it to feel regal. So you're going to see like on, on one of the pages I sent you, this gigantic throne room, which looks like a, a cathedral. And I actually mm -hmm. did a lot of research on, on like um, uh, Byzantine uh, church cathedrals when I, when I did it. So like his throne would be centered, you know, where the altar would be, you know, in a, in a church under a huge gigantic stained glass window with, with light streaming down. It's, it's, it's epic. It's majestic. Um, and so, and then also in a way I, mix a lot of um and i talk about this i, I do um I, i'm posting the process of how dominion is created on on our website terminusmedia.com so every week i'll post um a vlog where i talk about oh well this is how i created this or this is how i created that or whatever and in the last one um i was saying how um part of the the imagery of dominion comes from my love of of uh, ancient artwork byzantine art uh, also, um, uh, Art Deco. So you'll see, like, um, I have one image of, of Queen Ahenoem. She's the beautiful lioness with this majestic headdress on, and it's very Art Deco. And so that's a part of the the overall artistic feel. You can see some of that also in Chronicles of Riddick, which is why I love that film so much. But everything is huge. You see gigantic statues. Uh, you, you can you can get some of this um, from looking at ancient Egyptian um, architecture in um, uh, uh, Thebes or in um, uh, the, uh, along the Nile. Uh, that's the thing. It's like I wanted to draw out that sense of the majestic when you look at Dominion. It's old. It's ancient. But you throw into that also elements of high, 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 high technology. Cool. And um, I, I don't think we mentioned it before, but when will the book be available? August 17th, uh, available on, on shelves and digital. 
Okay, cool. And digitally, is it going to be on Comixology or um, um, at the moment, um, directly from our website, um, uh, the, the publishers terminusmedia.com. Uh, and I do believe we may have something with Comixology, but I'll just have to see. But yeah, primarily Terminus Media. You'll get PDFs directly from there. Okay, cool. We'll definitely um, tweet the, the links out to it. I think we, uh, we, we may, I, I mentioned earlier that you um, have been on the show previously. I guess just for anyone who didn't catch those episodes, um, can you tell them a little bit about your, some of your past projects? Yeah, yeah. Um, I have been busy. <laughs> uh, not only am I a college professor, but I'm also a, a working comic book artist. Um, my book, Radio Free America, was the first more recently published book uh, and it's kind of interesting because now that we're in the midst of a global pandemic, um, Radio Free America seems apropos, uh, even though uh, we, we haven't suffered a, a, an electromagnetic pulse. Um, we have been, you know, kind of this world has been secluded and, and put down by a force that is beyond our control. And now we have to learn how to figure it out. That's really what Radio Free America was about, is about people learning how to figure out this new normal in the world. Uh, and so uh, that trade, um, it's a pretty much the three-book trade paperback that we did. Um, and that's also available on um, TerminusMedia.com. But uh, in addition to that, uh, I am currently... Uh, currently working on this, I call it the project that never ends, <laughs> but it will it will have an end this year. It's called uh, the North Star, the Emancipation of Fre Frederick Douglass, and that project was Kickstarter funded, and we are still working on it. I'm working on that with um, Coy Turnbull and uh, Robert Jeffrey, and uh, yeah, we're still in the midst of working on the artwork right now. It's taken a lot longer than I had anticipated, but uh, we're still working on it and it will be finished this year. So those of you guys who are waiting, <laughs> don't worry, it's coming. Uh, and, uh, you know, but the thing is when you, when you, this, uh, the Frederick Douglass project is very similar to the Dominion project because I am adapting um, pre-existing narrative uh, in a similar way. So just like with, um, uh, the Frederick Douglass uh, biography, uh, autobiography. Um, there are portions of the story that he told, but then there's gaps between the times. So those gaps are where we have creative license to fill in narrative. And so uh, it's kind of a cool project. Um, I can't wait for it to, to be done. Uh, we got endorsed by Frederick Douglass's three times great grandson. And, and yeah, so, and the Frederick Douglass Foundation. So we are really excited about getting that project done but uh you know we're you know we're artists and we love to make sure that uh detail is paramount so uh i don't uh, put anything out unless it's 100 percent uh perfect in my opinion yeah and i remember when uh you were kickstarting the book um you robert and koi uh were on the show and uh i definitely can attest the artwork was was really dope and um yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I feel like it's definitely going to be worth the wait. So. It it is, it is honestly, and you know when I tell I tell uh, the, the the backers and anyone who is who believes in the project, it's like you you want to honor the memory of the man, 
to the fullest extent. And something like this, you can't play around with. I, I can't because once it's out, it's out. You know, this is this is my name on it. This is my legacy. Um, and I, I, I'm kind of in in the in the mode now of just only doing projects that are legacy projects, only doing projects that will outlast me after I'm dead and gone. Um, and that's really my goal. You know, I want to put out good, solid uh, projects that can educate, entertain, inform, and inspire the next generation. And that's really what it's all about. Definitely. Yeah. So I uh, I think it's about that time when we usually move into the chat portion of the show. Um, but Tony and Leo, did you have any any other Dominion uh, topics or questions? Um, I don't. I, I did look at what was sent to me. Thank you. Um, this book looks amazing. Um, I really do appreciate the the artwork and the writing it does give um it gives a certain feel to it thank you you so know much. what i mean like i'm reading like an older book and i and i mean that as yeah. a compliment oh you know i appreciate I mean? like, that thank you so much so yeah i look forward to seeing the rest of it yeah actually um yeah tony reminded me of something um uh baron can you shout out the rest of your creative team as well yeah absolutely for dominion um i want to give a shout out to our publisher mark stancil um, he definitely, he, he, that brother, you know, he's the CEO of Terminus Media and he really believed in, in the project, you know, and so it, definitely want to give him a shout out, give a shout out to my, my colorist, um, Hunter. <laughs> he's one of my student, uh, current student actually, oh, wow. uh, George Fox. Yeah. Every once in a while, every once in a while, you will run across a talent where you say, um, yeah, I need to snap that kid up <laughs> before, before somebody else does. And the thing about, um, uh, Hunter is that Hunter, uh, last name James, uh, 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 he, um, he got, he, he gets it. You know what I'm saying? When it comes down to, to comics, uh, he actually gets it and he understands the flow of the inking. And mm -hmm. so I was like, you know what, let me go ahead and, and go ahead and just, and scoop him up. So. I was able to hire him to to work on Dominion, and then um, also uh, Chris Hunt, who does the colors. Yo, that that brother, he's in the military, so shout out to Chris. Thank you for your service. Uh, and uh, he's he knows color. He was another one of my students as well, former student, and uh, he just you know he he has a very good eye for color, and I consider myself a pretty good colorist, but. Um, I'm not a great coach. I'm a penciler when it comes down to it. Mm -hmm. And so um, I wanted to, you know, get people on board who, number one, could supplement my skill set, but number two, who were teachable. And to me, you know, there isn't anything. Uh, Hunter's last name is Riggs, by the way. I got his name wrong. But uh, there's nothing better to me than having a teachable spirit, not being too um, uh, uh, proud to say, oh, I, I can't take critique. And I'm that same way. I mean, I try to, to practice what I preach. I, I'm not, I, don't have, I have, don't have a corner on the market of knowledge, so I can still be taught. And these brothers teach me some things too. So, but they have teachable spirit, they have good energy, and they're self-starters. And they answer their emails. <laughs> so uh, I think I lucked out when it came come down my to my team. 
That's great. That's I, th- cool. I, don't, I don't think you're allowed to say like one of my students was worth hiring. That's like a parent saying like this kid's my favorite kid and the other. Like you're allowed to think it. You're allowed to think it, but you ain't allowed to say. It. Hey, listen, I have to tell that to my other students too. So you know, just deal with it. It's like, listen, yo, now, now you got to put out multiple projects and and put all your students. Yeah, on everybody got to get involved. Actually, no, because we, we are not in a democracy. This is an autocracy right here. But, but, but the thing is, you know, they they need to know that this is what you aspire to. This is if you work hard and you 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 hand in your stuff on and you meet deadlines. That's another thing. Meeting deadlines is so key to me. And you communicate, answer your email, and you have a and you're a self starter. You will always win. You will always get hired. You will always find work. And that's the thing. So so those cats uh, also wanted to uh, uh, shout out uh, just a few more people uh, on, on the Terminus team. Um, uh, just want to make sure that I got my, my notes together because, you know, everybody, everybody needs a little bit of shine time. So Brent Metzger, uh, that, this brother, I met him on Twitter. He's a good marketing dude, so he's helping out. He's helping out with our Twitter marketing and just other things. And we're actually going to be putting together a podcast for for Terminus doing other things as well. And then um, uh, uh, Robin uh, is also uh, on our team as well. She is Robin Moody. She is uh, also in our marketing team as well. So uh, we, we we got a really good team. And and kind of like you know Leonard, what you're talking about, you know. Uh, with just kind of getting past those people in preconceptions about, um, oh, this is animal book or, oh, this is religious or whatever, you know, it's for me paramount to make sure I have a team uh, behind me who knows how to communicate what we need to communicate in a way to, to get past people's biases. And, and that's really what we're all about. That's what's up. So now as we, we kind of move into the chat, I want to, you know, we're going to hit our promo game a little bit more because, uh, you know, we have a, a few uh, BCC specific things that I want to make sure we, you know, we don't always big ourselves up as much as we should. But um, first up, I definitely want to mention that uh, you can find Black Comics Chat on Patreon. Um, we are trying to do, you know, bigger and better things. Um, we're all busy working people, but um if with your support on Patreon, you know, it, it, it will allow us to do some of the other things we want to do and cover the costs that go into making a podcast. Um, so you can find just, uh, you know, search for uh, Patreon and, and Black Comics Chat and you will find us on there. Um, definitely shout out to our um, awesome patrons that we do have. Uh, I'll hit you guys up to see if you are cool with us shouting you yeah, out. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm like, I know exactly who they are, and I was going to yeah. say, and I'm like, wait, they might not want that. <laughs> I, I feel I feel like we should just double check No, that's check responsible. First. That's responsible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, we, you um, know, I, I know at least one of them tends to uh, tends to hang out on our uh, on our weekend cartoon yes. stream, so yeah, yeah, yeah. we could probably ask them uh, directly, which was a segue, Marcus, to what you were next going to say. Absolutely. I'll, I'll let you take this one. All right. So on Saturdays and Sundays, uh, Black Comics Chat crew, usually uh, me, Marcus, and Tony, but definitely open uh, to the full uh, BCC family. We've been doing cartoons and serial, which uh, I don't know if anyone's actually gotten the reference of the name of that. Um, but I came up with the name because of that incredible Kendrick Lamar song that isn't on a record. Yeah. It's like one of his weird ass, like b sidey like things that's like on the Internet and kind of around. But uh, yeah, that's when we watch uh, cartoons, typically from the from the 80s, uh, early 90s, 
Uh, we have a cartoon commentary above it. We get into some nonsense. We watch some really, really bad things. We watch some surprisingly <laughs> good things. I'm looking at you, Skeleton Warriors. I still can't believe that show was actually Dece. Uh, I was very surprised to, to see that. Um, but yeah, it's been so much fun. We've been having more and more people uh, tune in every weekend. Um, I think generally speaking, we want to say that the time for it is 10 a.m. on Saturdays, 11 a.m. on Sundays. Give or take a little bit if we have to like reorient, but that's usually the time that they take place on, and that's on our Twitch channel, Twitch TV slash Black Comics Chat. It's been really fun. Yeah, and, and a special bonus, if you do follow us on Twitch, you will always get an email when we begin. So even if you don't, if you're there at 10 and we're not, or, you know, you'll oh, know. Oh, it sends one, um, like, when the signal starts? It sends an starts. email to all the followers. Um, so that's another reason to follow us on Twitch. Yes. Yeah. You know, so we're, we're, trying to, we're trying to get our Twitch game on. Um, and I also want to take this time to plug our Instagram account. Oh, Our yeah. Instagram account is full of goodies. Uh, usually it's it's pictures of cosplay that we've taken from um, various comic cons. So always check that out as well. Uh, what, what, are, what are those? Conventions? Is that... Oh, oh man. What, uh, well, can you when tell me what When we used to have conventions. Conventions. That's a collective morning, man. We're, we're all... Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I remember those. Wait, it's coming back those? to me. It's coming back to me. Hold on. Like, you could gather without wearing a mask? Unless you were doing cosplay. Uh, <laughs> although, technically, when it comes to con flu, maybe we should have always been wearing masks. Look, people at conventions are gross. I'm not ashamed to say it. I'm not ashamed to say it. I remember, like... So, like, yeah, like, after the first PAX East, that was when the PAX Pox happened, which was a hashtag, and, like, everybody got the flu, like, literally everybody that went to the show got the flu, and then ever since then, like, even though that has, they have not had an outbreak of of such a, of such extent, to such an extent since, uh, typically at PAX, you're supposed to give the elbow bump. That's the <laughs> that's the PAX greeting, just because of the thing that happened ten years ago where everybody got sick. So yo, and also yo, I mean again, uh, this is you know I'll, I'll shoot from the hip on this one. People at conventions need to get their deodorant game on right. Bring the, <laughs> yo, I've brought it with me. I have brought deodorant with me in my bag. Straight up, I have done that because like sometimes yeah. like because people are like waiting in a hot ass conference room and for like two and a half hours to see like the thing they want to see. It's like maybe you know give yourself a little re up, like re up yeah. on the re up on the deodorant a little bit, you know. No, nice. Nothing wrong with a freshen up. Yeah, no, ain't no shame in it. No shame in that game. Um, yeah, and also, yeah. and I want to shout out before Tony's on. I want to shout out, which I I believe is going to be the first of of, of many. Um, we did uh, have a wrestling podcast recently, didn't we, Tony? Yeah, we did. Uh, we did a podcast on WrestleMania, and it was actually pretty fun with Re- Regine Sawyer. Let me see if I can uh, con her to do that again. Yeah, I think I think Regine is down for it, and I'm uh, I'm a little confused. So, wait, so what happened with the next one? So, was there a crowd or was there not a crowd? They did it just like they did the previous one. Yeah, they can. They still do shows with no people in the arena. Were, so, were am I crazy? Were rest, some wrestlers not happy about that? Was there like some drama around? I'm sure they were at first, but then when they started getting their paychecks, they shut up. Right. That's that's a, that's that's the great equalizer. <laughs> getting your ass paid. <laughs> Man, that quiets some people. That's usually usually all you need. No, I the, honestly, the biggest thing right now um, is that a lot of uh, wrestlers have been laid off. Right. That is a thing. So I know that's the biggest thing there. But I don't want to get into much into wrestling. But the next podcast we'll do, we'll make sure that uh, we let people know and uh, we'll talk all that shit. 
and me me and regime make a great team man yeah. like wrestling wrestling is like is like anthropomorphic comics like you pull out wrestling it's like we were seeing faces like we never see like in the street <laughs> <laughs> like total strangers it's like you're like this is a comic podcast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really yeah no i was like oh yeah like you know re- wrestling wrestling uh the wrestling milkshake brings all the boys to the yard all right <laughs> nice <laughs> it does it does you know and, and hopefully we'll do other stuff we don't have to do just wrestling we could do whatever yeah. Um, we're not going anywhere. Let's just be real. Well, I, I do think with uh, Twitch and, you know, definitely shout out to Leo for helping figure out how to finally navigate Twitch. But like um, <laughs> it, we're, we're going to be doing a lot more. You know what I mean? It's, it's going to be opening us up to to doing more things. So. Yeah. So what was that game you were playing? God hand, pimp hand. What were you playing? Oh, man. I <laughs> Marcus has been playing it since. Yeah. You downloaded it, right? Yeah, yeah, just just because that that game was just one of my favorite PS2 games. Leo put me onto that back in the PS2 days, and uh, yeah, I, I downloaded it. I still can't play as much as I want to because I, I have deadlines, but I definitely have have gotten about halfway through the game, and it's it's just as fun as it was back. Oh, in the really? I feel like I'm 85 percent more terrible at it than I than I once was. Like I used to be pretty ill with it, and I am. I, oh, I was I was I terrible when like I was on a, the first level. You, I mean, you just played the first couple when we were streaming, but yeah. I, uh, I I was terrible, and then I, it all started coming back to me. And then I started, uh, you know, leveling up and making my combos and everything. So, Baron, are you anything of a gamer, or do you think it's poison that ruins everybody's grades? No, no man, absolutely not, man. Yo, I, I'm actually a, more of a PC gamer. Okay, uh, same. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, man. Uh, I'm waiting for uh, the next update to Star Cent- for Star Citizen to drop. Actually, so it's like you're a Star Citizen backer. I, I, I'm a Star Citizen. Yeah, absolutely. I am a Star Citizen. Wow. I got my Cutlass, my Cuddy, waiting to be upgraded. I got my Cutlass red. <laughs> uh, so yeah, man. Uh, I'm just, I'm sitting, I'm sitting here waiting. Uh, my, I'm waiting for my Mercury Star Runner, uh, and uh, you know, three point nine can't come. Three point nine can't come soon soon enough. So. I was gonna say, are they still updating it on the reg? I haven't checked into Star Citizen in a while. They are updating it regularly? Question mark. Yeah. Uh, yeah they, you know, I mean, as much as they can, especially now, everybody's working from home, so they're doing the best they can. But uh, you know, we we backers are are a, a nice rowdy, anxious lot. So we're waiting for the next one to come out with bated breath. It's the culture. Do you guys know what Star Citizen is, Tony Marcus? No, no, I don't. Star Citizen um, is a game uh, com- coming from the mastermind behind the Wing Commander series, which is an old, okay. uh, an old PC classic. Yeah, yeah, uh, I know that. You know, it's space exploration, like the 4X uh, sp- uh, space space fighter game. Um, that uh, yeah, eventually had Mark Hamill in a really terrible FMV <laughs> appearance. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it back to Star Wars briefly. <laughs> Yeah, I still love that. I loved that game when it was out, but I mean that was that was like them experiment with FMV. Anyway, they had a like a riotous. Was it was it on Kickstarter? Or was it a different? Yeah, product? no, it was on Kickstarter they, I think they're, they're they're over like four hundred million, I believe, um, uh, in their backers. Yeah, it started out on Kickstarter, and then just people just started buying packages directly from the site. And yeah, they are they're really prolific, you know, very, very profitable, but you know, it's almost kind of like, is it vaporware? Will, when will it ever be finished? We don't know. It's just a game that just continues to develop. So it's still in uh, alpha, I believe. And so it's like, you know, come on, man, hurry up. The gems keep coming. I know that almost a year ago, I want to say they put out a roadmap, which I'm certain they fucked up. I'm, I'm yeah, I don't even well, need to look. Is. It, it <laughs> is. You, you, no, you don't even need to look. Don't even, don't even look at it. Don't even look. I, I stopped looking at the roadmap a long time ago. 
even even though they send out updates, it's like, nah, man, I, I don't believe it. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it's cute that you had a roadmap and all, but yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. like, but the thing is that, but I don't want to like. The claims of vaporware on the game, I do think are technically unfounded because there is game. There is something. Mm -hmm. It's not like they're just still talking stuff and like it's all smoke and mirrors. Mm -hmm. It's like they're obviously working on a thing, but it's an incredible, like uh, for, for, for crowdfunding, it has to be like the most crowdfunded video game ever and then some, like oh, yeah, by, some, by a wide margin. Um, and it's taken funding like past Kickstarter into like, you know, like other like pre-purchase uh, pre options. And I mean, the people are the people are waiting for it because the games that sort of laid its fertile ground are so yes. resonant still, like with the yes. people who grew up with them, that they're like, okay, like this. I've, I'm I, his name. I'm blanking on his name. Chris something. I don't remember the 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 oh yeah the brains yeah. behind it. Yeah, but no, I know you. But this dude is like pretty much a reliable personality and creator mm -hmm. to like these people. So they're like, we'll hang out. We'll wait for this beautiful thing that you're theorizing. But well, to, the, to the other side of the gaming, the gaming criterati, they've looked at Star Citizen as like kind of a joke. Like it's yeah, been a I big mean, it, line. I think we have a lot of grace for for them because they do give us out regular updates reg i mean they give out like almost weekly sometimes by week not by but my bi monthly uh -huh. updates and so you know you you get they communicate very well with, right. with their fan base which is why we're still there right but at the same time the game is just unplayable at the state i mean it's, it's, it's frustrating it's frustratingly unplayable and and you know so we'll we'll see what happens. But, but like, but that is a differentiating factor because so many like games again like economically completely different. But uh, but the idea like there's so many crowdfunded games that have gone nowhere. There's no updates. They oh, yeah. vanish with your money, and that's how it yeah. works. Like we've totally. all come to kind of tolerate this as gamers. Uh, so. Yeah, Star Citizen never disappeared. Like, from the start, they have been here, they have had news, they have had updates, they have had something that's kind of playable, they have had a community, mm -hmm. they are not just absconding with your money for the Cayman Islands or some shit. <laughs> no, they're, 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 they're well capitalized, and I think they've gone through several funding of uh, venture capital venture capital fund, mm -hmm. uh, rounds. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're well capitalized. So they're not going anywhere. Right. Um, so, you know, we just, just wait and see. Yeah, that's I still wild. got my cutlass, so I'm ready. <laughs> there you go. Home, homie's got his video game spaceship. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. Um, well, yeah, I mean, while we're chatting, let's. Uh, what's everybody been into? Um, uh, Tony, have you been playing anything? Um, no, I, not yet. You know, it's. I have a bunch of games I just I haven't played. I always say to myself, I'm going to now take the time to power up my PlayStation and it just, it doesn't happen for various things, you know, the world right. being on fire and just yeah, general yeah. busy from working at home. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I work from home and I'm just like, I just don't want to be in front of another TV. <laughs> Yo, that's I'll real. I'll you. I'll tell you on that one. Yeah. So yeah, the gaming wise, I haven't, I haven't played as much as I want to, but I, I would hope to, I will say this. I tried to get a switch because I wanted mm. to get into animal crossing, but th that's like a no go. <laughs> you can't get a switch anywhere unless you want to pay. Oh, really? Yeah, really. Oh, unless I was... want to pay five, six hundred dollars. Switches are coming back into production, from what I understand. 
Okay. Nintendo recognized, which Nintendo usually doesn't do. Nintendo usually, it's like, it's like all the NES classics get sold out. People are selling them for $1,000 online. And Nintendo's like, oh, I'm sorry. What's this over here? Do uh, you guys talking about something? They just ignore it. Nintendo has, like, recognized that the Switches have become, like, uh, very hard to find and that people are, like, overinflating the price. And Absolutely. They're yeah. apparently, like, like, production should be up for them, like, very soon, like, literally within weeks. So they... They've at least rec- if you do still want to switch, like you should be able to get one relatively soon. That's what I understand. Well, yeah. Well, then I'll wait because yeah. I'm gonna tell you it's real out here. <laughs> it's selling yeah. for like five, six hundred dollars online. It's crazy. It's totally yeah. crazy. It's totally crazy. It's not right. Um, yeah. I've been been Sony for a few generations, but I'm definitely thinking about making this switch. Uh, <laughs> Literally, as a, as a dad. Oh, making the switch. That's cute. Has, have they have they ta- trademarked that yet? Don't know what to tell you. We should sell that. I don't Nintendo. know, but you know what? I, how, how, do I, how do I do the on, online uh, trademarking <laughs> on air? Yeah, I, no. I got to mail this podcast to myself. Yes, right? you have yeah. to create a GeoCities homepage. Then okay. you have to download it onto a USB <laughs> stick. Then you put put that in an envelope with your name on it. You mail it to yourself and you don't open it. That's a right, poor cool. man's digital copyright. Totally legit, totally sound. I will do it. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> bulletproof, fucking bulletproof. Bullet. Very nice. Very nice plug. <laughs> Not yeah. to be confused with Baldwin P. Vest, but that, that's for tomorrow. That's, that's yeah. for tomorrow. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's cartoon, cartoon stuff. Uh, Baron, have you ever have you ever heard of the old uh, the old animated series Cops? Do you know what that is? What is it? Cops. It was called Cops. Cops. The an- C-O-P-S. animated. C O P S. Like it's like an acronym. Sounds very familiar. Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, what, what was it? Early nineties. I feel like it was. Out, did we figure out? It was eighty nine or nine. I think you're right. I think it was eighty nine. That's was my time, so so I should be. Yeah, I should know that. Uh, yeah. It, it's, it's familiar. It sounds familiar. It used to come on very, Fox after school. It was very influenced by MC Hammer when you watch when you see this. Guy. <laughs> there was a lot of big pants in that. There show. a lot of. Oh, yeah, gosh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's a. Yeah, like yeah, it's just it, it it it's 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 not a very. I mean, I don't know. We haven't seen anything in it that was really like, yo, like cops or like you know. So it there's no. It's, it's a, not jingoistic. Is that what you're, what you're trying to get at? Yeah, like it trying to really write, isn't. Yeah. It really isn't. It's just like you know, cops fighting crooks and like a bunch of high tech bullshit and it's well. It's listen, total nonsense. the funny thing is, it's like um. You know, I think my 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 daughter Dami, she she heard us talking about it, and uh, so oh. she was like, "What what what is that show you guys are watching?" And um, <laughs> so, so I showed her the first episode, and now like you know she loves to to, to rag on it, but but she's also <laughs> like, can, can can we watch the next one? You know, yes, uh, yes. As, as we were watching it today, I realized that what it is, the formula, it's essentially got the tone of Looney Tunes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even though right. it's it's got this more grown-up animation, looking animation, etc., it's Looney Tunes. You could swap out almost any joke that's happening or or gag yep. with Looney Tunes. That is the energy, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, it, it, it plays it being some kind of a mature grown-up thing. <laughs> like, it sort of, like, pretends that it is, like, the way, like, you know, a kid could wear, like, you know, their parents' clothing and, like, walk out of right. the closet and be like, look, you know, it's kind of like that, but it's really not any, anything <laughs> mature at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> it's good stuff. Uh, good stuff. The, the only other thing I want to mention, not game-related, but the only other thing I want to mention is I want to, I want to like, establish for anybody who happens to be listening to this for any reason, including all the people in the cast, if anybody has not seen the Spanish film The Platform on Netflix, hmm. you should see that as soon as possible 
because that is that is definitely the best movie I've seen this year. And it technically came out in 2019. It didn't hit the states here. Netflix got exclusive rights to stream, uh, and it didn't hit. It didn't have a theatrical release here. So it's a 2019 movie, but it just hit Netflix like uh, like about a month ago. Um, it is, it is really, really uh, just just symbolic and meaty and interesting and prov- and highly provocative and very much speaking to our current era. Um, it is occasionally quite rough. Uh, it is, it is, it's, it's certainly an allegory. It's an allegorical sci-fi film. One of my favorite types. Uh, I mean, I cannot recommend this movie enough. Like absolutely watch it. Do not have kids in the room. It is not, I wouldn't say it's kid friendly, but it is like incredible, incredible movie. I'm assuming it's subtitled. It's subtitled. Yes. It's subtitled. subtitled. Yeah. Just use your Spanish, uh, uh, learning skills. Yeah, I mean, you know, with the <laughs> subtitles on, with the subtitles on. Let, let, let's let's get an Espanol uh, update. How 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 is that going for both of you? <laughs> Terrible. You Terrible. know what? I still I, I'm I am doing Duolingo every day, so I'm really? I'm, still, I'm still doing. Yeah, really. Still um, Duolingo. That's what's up. Yeah, I mean, I, yo, yo, a lot of it it. Because, yeah, a lot of it is because. I think my family now recognizes what I'm what I'm doing, mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're just like, "Really?" So I, I have to keep it up. That's why, it, yeah. That's like, uh, like, yeah. Accountability needs people. It's true. Yeah, yeah. People, people having having people having people look at you fail is important for accountability, <laughs> <laughs> especially when those people are family. Yes, it's yes. a motivator. It's definitely a motivator. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um, have, have you all seen anything else lately that? Uh, Oh, so I want—I I wanted to ask if anyone had before I, I say anything. Has anyone seen Hunters on Amazon? Okay, I watched two episodes of it. <laughs> I feel like we're gonna have similar. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Um, yes. I really want to like it. <laughs> like it's—it's. It's, you know what Hunters is? Hunters mm-hmm. is sort of like. And and this is I, I don't really mean this with every fiber of my being or with like with a genuine heart because I know that like it's impossible just in terms of production schedules but like it wants to be doing what Watchmen did mm. like it wants to be that I it, could see that it wants to be like a socially conscious uh, like like uh, you know I was gonna say I don't know, like unrepentable not unrepentable just like just like IDGAF like thing mm-hmm. where it's like yo like this is this is what it is it wants to be that but it gets really really boggled up in its style over substance shit the scene the thing that made me stop watching it is in the second episode and it is the scene when the when the nazi hunters are introduced and they decided to stylize it by having this like fantastic it, this is not this doesn't happen in the, in the context of the reality of the show this doesn't actually happen mm-hmm, it happens mm-hmm. in the context of what you're seeing on the screen what they do is they have a girl very poorly pretend that she's having a bat mitzvah mm-hmm. and she introduces everybody in the course she's like these are like these people and they kill nazis this way and it's so hackneyed and embarrassing to sit through that when that scene was actually over, I was like, I don't, even if Pacino gets better in this, like, I don't think I can actually tolerate. Like, is that, is that Jordan, is it Jordan Peele? Jordan well, Peele is an, he he's like direct. an executive producer. The executive, yeah, okay. yeah. He's, yeah. He's, yeah. I like, like, like overall, I don't think that by episode two, the, the narrative is profoundly meaningful enough 
to mm-hmm. justify the like absolutely horrible, terrible acts that you see committed on Jewish people and, in it. And that you like you just hit the nail on. Yeah, yeah. And you know what's crazy? I, I don't mean to cut you off. I want no, you no, to no, 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 no. I want to hear. I, I mean, I. I don't know what else to say. People have been like, have been shooting off on Twitter about it a bit, and they had before when it came out, and it was sort of like this this attention grabbing thing. And I was like, look, like I don't, th- I don't think that what it's giving me is anywhere close enough for me to like tolerate. Not just they. Every episode seems to have flashback portions where they're showing like. Uh, you know, Jews like during very the Holocaust, graphically. very graphically, like Jews during the Holocaust having this thing happen. I don't know if they show, um, you know, the the victims of the Holocaust other than Jews in it, but they so far they've only shown Jews in it, and they mm. very graphically depict the horrible things that happen. And like, I, I understand. I don't think I'm not. I am not ashamed or, or specifically unnerved by like seeing like like visually seeing those things sometimes is very important on an educational basis. I don't dismiss that. But I don't think that the show is like being nutritious enough for me to say like, well, okay, you're showing us these horrific things. Like a lot of them are like there's a there's a chess thing in there that I don't even want to talk mm-hmm. about, but is like particularly heinous. That I actually drove me to the internet to start researching because I'm like, did that happen? And there is no historical basis for that having ever happened. That I was crazy. I was about to research that and and I was like, yeah, that's probably it upset me so much that I was like, is this history I'm learning? Because if it is and I just didn't know it, like I need to know it right now. And no, they totally invented it. Which bothers which fucking bothers me. Like, so you invented this like this like new, like like just like this absolute like new horrific uh, genocidal carnage, like because I don't know, it looked cool, like it framed the camera well. Like I don't fu- like. What that you know? What, you you hit the nail on the head because the show is visual. Visually, it's it's well done. Yeah, I it's very uh, the, right. The other the other crazy thing is, I in my head I think I I said I had only watched the first episode. But I guess I had gotten a good way into episode two because until you mentioned it, I didn't realize the that the whole stylish. Scene. Or, okay. Yeah, I forgot that that happened in the second um, episode. Uh, the, the part, so you might not have gotten to the part where I checked out because okay. I was on edge from episode one, just about specifically the the racial violence. Um, there's there's a totally uh, just you know abhorrent. Just you 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 love to hate him, and you you just hate him being yeah. there. Period. It's this uh, Nazi assassin guy, um, and. Like you brought up the 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 point of them not necessarily earning all that racial violence, and I don't know the whole the whole time as I'm watching it, I'm like, all right, number one, I guess there are people who, being that we are living in a world where sadly in this country it's like we we can't people want to have a debate about whether or not, um, you know. Not it, it should be pretty plain and simple. Like Nazis, bad, unacceptable. You know what I mean? But like you got people as as of this week, like marching with swastikas for their stupid Trump stuff. Um, right. So whatever. I mean, that's bad enough. You know what I mean? So it, it's kind of fresh on people's minds in a lot of ways. But there there is there's so much violence, particularly against against Jewish people. And and in my head, I'm like, all right. Well, I can see where. From a storytelling perspective, they're probably like, "Oh, you know, people need to know how bad it is." Blah blah right. blah. But I'm sorry, I've I I was not there for Holocaust, but from reading and uh, being told and hearing stories, I don't think you really need it. 
totally visually spelled out all the time to really have compassion. Um, right. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, by the by the time you get to the end of... I feel like this is turning into a hunter's chat. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to wrap it up soon. I, I, I could go on all night. But, uh, but uh, like... By I'm glad you, you brought it up. I'm glad you brought it up, honestly. Yeah, I, I did want... I, I wanted to hear specifically what, what your thoughts were. But I just, I just feel like it didn't... Um, just like you said, it, it didn't necessarily earn all of that violence. And not for nothing, it's like... Uh, there definitely is some violence against Black people. Um, but... I'm I just realized watching it like I'm very similar to what you said when it comes to racial violence being depicted visually yeah if it if it serves a larger narrative in an effective way then I can deal with it but I realize it's like you know just the world being what it is particularly since 2016 I don't necessarily need that in my escapism like you better you know have I mean? a good ass reason right now Right. Like right now, like 2020, like you better like there's better be something profound under this disgusting gift wrap. Like I, you know, I'm going to be extremely disappointed. If there isn't. And you know what? Like maybe the show gets there. Like I don't know, like because I don't think I can hang. I don't think I can. Yeah. Hang so. Well, absolutely. So sorry, guys. I fell out for a second there. Oh, no oh, problem. Oh, that thing else. Hey, but, um, by the way, I actually have to cut this a little short. Um, oh, okay. No problem. I don't. I don't. I'm. I'm so wrapped up in the middle of the chat. I'm like, oh man. I'm looking at the time, so I, I have to uh, tend to tend to my wife because she's like, okay, honey, it's time to come back. So, <laughs> you got it. You got it. That wife. is so real. Yeah. We, we that's 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 the that's real world stuff, man. For happy sure. wife, happy life. So, uh, exactly. but guys, thank you so much, man. I I, I do really appreciate y'all uh, taking uh, some time to uh, listen to my little tale. And, uh, you know, uh, I definitely uh, uh, hope to uh, come back when we are uh, getting ready to launch. Yeah, we'll oh, be yeah, looking definitely. out and sharing updates for sure. Let us know. Yeah, yeah, keep us updated. Uh, for now, we are offering pre-orders on our website, uh, terminusmedia.com slash dominion, or just regular terminusmedia.com. 10% discount for orders in the month of April. And every Wednesday, we put out a process blog or vlog video blog uh called the process and uh yeah every every week we kind of want to teach uh the behind the scenes of the making of dominion right on. cool that's dope all right definitely thank thank you for coming on it was a pleasure you're welcome guys man it's my pleasure you guys were one of the uh, first people i'm like one in contact so you guys definitely uh, uh i'm a fan i'm a big fan that's awesome that's we appreciate it man. thank you for saying that yeah all right, happy trail, right. happy trails, Doctor Bell. Okay, guys, thank you so much. All right, take All it right. easy. Okay, stay safe, everybody. You too. You too. You too. Uh, Mark, so, yeah. So, oh, no, yeah. Sorry. sorry. So, oh, go ahead, Tony. I'm sorry. No, saying? I was gonna say if we're gonna talk about like what we saw, I didn't want to break up your. Okay. Your I think, yeah, are, are we done? I'll, I'll, are we I'll done with it? Soon. I'm almost there. I'm almost okay, there. I'll okay. wrap up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the thing, the thing for me though was like you know with with racial violence, it got to a point where. The, the Nazi scumbag, um, he was going to in interrogate um, this uh, black police officer. And it's a scene where it's like the black police officer, I believe uh, maybe his sister and, and his wife, his pregnant wife. And the Nazi hunter has them all tied up at the table. He's, you know, and it's, I'm just, I'm like, nope. I'm done. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because like, yeah, like, what, yeah. right. Like what's, like, what's going to happen here? Even if nothing, no. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, I mean, like, well, with the character that they had established as this, and not Nazi hunter, the Nazi assassin, with right, the character right, they had right. established, there is no way that that family was making out of their, make it out of their life. He's not, I, he's not really. And I feel, I, sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off, Marcus. I feel like the moments in the show where they're showing, like, the disgusting Nazi shit, it's like, mm. they sort of fucking, like, they sort of like stay Both there for a bit. Yeah, they not even know. I don't even want to a- accuse them necessarily of that. They just sort of live in that space for too long for me. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's like okay, I get like this guy's a fuck. Like I get it. Great. <laughs> right. Like I, I, you've convinced me. I'm so already sold on it. And it's like no, let's. He's gonna be real sick in this scene. And it's like I actually don't need to. I don't need to see that. Like I, there's, there's nothing I'm gonna get. It's not gonna enrich the character further for, for me. It's not gonna right. make me hate Nazis more than I already hate Nazis. Like it, I, I don't know what I'm like really gaining. I don't know what the vitamins here are. And right. I, I just, and I constantly had that conversation with myself as I watched more and more of the show. And then I was done. Then I was like, I, I there's, there's not like, I'm not getting, there are no nutrients in this. Like I'm not getting yeah. any nutrients in it. Like a performance, a good performance here or there is not even going to do it. And like, and, and, the, and the bot mitzvah scene, like aside from the fact that I think it's very clumsy, I think it's just a very poorly done shitty scene. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, it sort of made me think like, oh, so this is their style over substance. And like, if I'm actually like disappointed, even with the style, then there's nothing I'm here for. There's nothing in the show for me. Like if this is like, I mean, that's a scene like you're going to want to nail. You're going to want to sure. really nail that shit. And plus the scene, like, again, like shows like, uh, you know, like just like the full cast of characters for the show. And I'm already embarrassed about all of them. And I'm like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Like that. They, they even did that badly. I'm I I'm really has it had like cross the board praise? I don't think it. I think. Oh, it's I don't know. I haven't really mixed. even. I haven't looked at the press around it. I think so it's I'm, been. I'm it's had sure. its heroes, but I think it's overall been 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 pretty uh pretty back and forth on like on like yeah. whether it's whether it's you know worth seeing. You know? Well, even with with Pacino, it's like obviously he's 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 Al and he's you know. He, I guess, I guess he's he's had his turn at Cuban and Puerto Rican, and yeah, no, he's, he's no, he's Jewish he's minstreling. <laughs> he's Jewish minstreling this, yeah. I mean, I'm just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a choice. It's a it's, choice. Yeah, you know? like uh, it's, it's 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 fine. Like it's not the worst part of about the show. I don't detest it, but it's it's real clownish. Like it's yeah, really yeah. clowny. Like. Uh, you know, like elderly, you know, Yiddish accented Jewish man. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's something he's, he's, he's giving you the full L, but yeah, I, you know, I, I feel like, I feel like we sh- we should move on and not make this the full hunters. Show, yeah, like, yeah. 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 So yeah, Tony, I'm, I'm sorry. What, what, what were you, uh, what you been watching? I mean, I, I mean, besides the normal stuff, like I will say this before I get into what I was really want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, Harley Quinn season two started about two weeks oh. ago. But wow, they're it, up to season two already. It is, uh, yes. I thought you, the same thing. I have not, I have not seen it, seen the first season. You were a big proponent of it. Yes, and season two starts exactly where season one let, let ended off. Mm-hmm. So, if you're gonna watch it, you need to start at the beginning. So okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna root for this show. This show is absolutely incredible. Um, huh. Star Wars, uh, Clone Wars. Uh, the last season. Apparently, yeah. a big arc has started today. This is Ooh. the final arc of the entire show. Um, and I've already had people text me like, yo, this this is going to be very emotional. So uh, can't wait for that. 
Um, but really, what I saw the other day is a movie that I didn't that I didn't want to pay to see, and I'm kind of glad that I didn't pay to see. And that was X Men Dark Phoenix. Have y'all oh. seen it? Oh no! Wait, wait. Is it is it free to stream? It's right on now? Disney Plus, right? It's on HBO. Oh, Disney Plus. Oh, it's on, it's on HBO. HBO. I have not. And I. Talk oh yeah, to what, us, man. Bring I, I want to hear. Bring I want to hear all scrolls. your. Thoughts. Bring us the sacred scrolls. <laughs> <laughs> so, y'all, y'all haven't seen this at all. No, no, no not yet. Yeah, do you plan you spoil, on seeing it? Spoil it. Go you, for it. I, you can spoil the shit out of it too. Okay, if audience. anybody's listening, if anybody's listening and hasn't seen Dark Phoenix yet and expects to and doesn't want to be spoiled, please stop listening because Tony's stop gonna, listening right now. Tony's going to yeah. be firing yeah. off crazy. Skip ahead five minutes. Okay. Okay. All right. Here we go. The best part of this movie mm. is when they killed off Mystique. That's about <laughs> oh, it, man. <laughs> I mean, now, now let me ask you this: Was it because the rest was so lacking, or is it just J Law fatigue? It's just, it, it's just, it's trying to do too fucking much. Like uh, here now, if you, I'm assuming we have all read Cliss Oh yeah, Claremont's. Yeah, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so it doesn't. It starts out actually very interesting. You know what I mean? It's it's kind of, it's the similar connotations of them in space and the space shuttle, the blah blah blah. You know, but then it just takes a left turn. You know what I mean? Because apparently the antagonist is not necessarily Jean Grey, but it's this race of beings who are trying to capture the Phoenix Force, which they never mention. By the way, there's no mention. They don't mention it in words. Whoa! Now is it? Do they talk? Are the the Shi'ar in it? That's what I was gonna no, ask. No, no, the Shiro is not even in it. In fact, really, I don't. So wait, this I is don't just even a know new... the name. I don't even know the name of the species <laughs> that were that that were after the Phoenix Force. Huh. You know, they kind of just come out of nowhere, kill a few people, morph into them like they're scrolls, and then that's it. Then they're so... after Gene. It's like what? <laughs> I mean, I feel like you're getting into a lot of my issues with the Fox uh, X-Men films is, I mean, you're never going to get a, a, a totally one-to-one translation and I'm fine yeah. with that in a lot of cases, but like they make See, weird choices where they didn't have to. The thing is when, when they tried to do Phoenix the first time with the original mm. X-Men thing, Oof. at least the story was consistent in the sense that this was more about her losing control. Right. You know what I mean? Where, yeah, how did they get there here? Right here, it was like, well, you know, she was the reason her parents died, which, by the way, in the comic book, her parents are not dead. Right. Um, because she's too powerful, and Professor Xavier had to put in controls to control her, which they did in the movie. Mm-hmm. But then this force comes out of nowhere, you know what I mean? Which, again, mm-hmm. it was kind of like that in the comic book. Yeah, like it yeah. overpowers the bonds. Like, it overpowers, uh, right? She becomes all-powerful. She can't control it. But in the movie, it's like... She can't control it immediately and never and could never control it. You know what I mean? And then she ends up killing Mystique, which I think was great, personally. But That's how I, I feel about it. <laughs> do you are you hate on Mystique? I oh, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't oh, hate I love comic the character. Mystique. Yeah, the character. I love comic book Mystique, yeah, yeah, which I is why Mystique. I don't like movie Mystique. Right. And, and wait, wait, all right, wait, wait, before you I don't mean to cut in, but like my issues with movie Mystique actually go even back to X X-Men One. There you go. I feel like, how does everybody feel about all the iterations of movie Mystique? Uh, not, not good. I'm not, not a fan. Yeah. Yeah, and I liked X Men One, but like, I just me I too. Did not... But that's not, yeah. It's just weird, and and like the whole lizard reptilian approach I, to her was was. And they always get Nightcrawler wrong. Oh my god. 
Oh my god. But I will say I like I like his introduction scene in X-Men 2. Yes, I did. I did. As well. I think that's a really cool scene. Yeah. Now, if you put if you put that Nightcrawler in this movie, the movie gets better. Mm-hmm. But I will say, just like the the films before it, Quicksilver scene is the best. Oh also. really? Yeah. Quicksilver had a good scene in um in whatever. Yeah. The introduction. And, uh, his introduction scene is good too. Right. But this is this this movie is a mess. Uh, and it honestly, oddly enough, because I know this came out the same time that Endgame did, it, it does remind me a little bit of Endgame, just in the in the graphics. Because hmm. she starts murking people at the end. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you, she starts murking people. <laughs> I mean, I'm okay with you spoiling. What are the other big deaths? Yeah. Oh, th- there's really there's there's really no other big character deaths like Magneto still survives. All the X Men does, but uh-huh. when she's fighting these aliens, she just starts murking them. Mm. Just. Oh, and she does die in the end. But what are I mean, so wait, what are the aliens then? They're never I named. Know, I don't know. They never named them. I don't know what planet they're from. Do they? Do they like the Shi'ar? Oh, actually, you know what? What's they're up? from a dead world that apparently the Phoenix Force had killed. Okay. Oh, they so never, they're definitely they not the Shi'ar because the Phoenix Force no. has killed tons of worlds. Yeah. Oh, so they're like okay, so they're like. Well, they kind of kept that at least. That's where interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and they they were but they were trying to control it, like they were trying to take over the Phoenix Force so they could recreate the world, and maybe they'll start with Earth. So I'm like, okay, so now you got Superman in mm-hmm. this too. So whatever. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. So was, wait, so like, so I saw I did not see the you know the the Oscar Isaac uh, X Men. Um, mm-hmm. But I saw, but I saw oh, apocalypse. Yeah. You talking about apocalypse? apocalypse. apocalypse. Yeah, mm. but I, but I, but I did see the first two, both of, both of which. All right, so the first one, first class, first class has has elements that I don't mind. I still mm-hmm. hate that the, the fact that Darwin dies in it is like yes. fucking infuriating yep. to me because that's. I, I, actually, all the ones that die in it, it that whole scene and that whole mm-hmm. moment is terrible. Um, totally unnecessary. Yeah, like I mean, overall the movie is not good. Um, Days of Future Past, it, like it's some of it's like it's, com- it's better, completely yeah. nonsense. Like video game cinematic <laughs> plot is like sort of enjoyable for the fact that like they're so shameless about it. Right for what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like kind of like cool. But then like oh, what I didn't get to tell you. What's up? <laughs> There's another scene in this. In oh no, you know not in this movie, but the the, the scene in Apocalypse. Mm. I don't know if you remember. You, you said you didn't see it. I not. did not see it. I, I did see it. What? Although I only saw it once. But what? Which, which the Wolverine scene? scene where all of a sudden they recreated his fucking origin in Apocalypse. Do you remember that? Oh, did remind they? me. This, I don't. I'm hazy on this. <laughs> what happened? So in Apocalypse, which when when I saw oh, this, the what the like, next movie's trash. Yeah, when I first saw this, I was like, this movie's trash because apparently what happened was that um, the the X the X Mansion gets destroyed, and yes. then Stryker comes in, kidnaps like a bunch of X Men, brings them to his facility, and then you know uh, Gene, Cyclops, Nightcrawler go to break them out, and as they're breaking them out, they break out Weapon X, which is Wolverine. Right. Right. And I'm yes. like, so. You just undid all these other fucking movies. Wait, I, I guess it were only in the sense that, well, you know, their whole time thing got super convoluted. I know, but I know. Because in Future Past, it ends with them in the new movies. Right. right. Yes. Yeah. Which I get, but it's still like really. No, you're right. <laughs> you're right. It was, <laughs> it was very random and it was kind of like, oh, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Like he wasn't even building the movie. Like, again, I don't mind that. I mean, to me, Hugh Jackman most likely is probably the best 
thing to happen to that franchise, especially yeah, yeah. with Logan. But it's also like, really? You could not make a movie without Hugh Jackman in it? Yeah. Well, so I was going to ask you, they didn't cram him into this one? They or? did it. They did it. Which, again, which in a way, in a way, I had a problem with because Phoenix's ultimate story has Wolverine in it. Yeah, yeah he's central. Absolutely. He's integral absolutely. to that story. Yeah. So for you to now recreate that movie and now Wolverine's not in it, it's like, it's just, there, there's a hole there. Is Gene yeah. in Apocalypse? Yes, that's like Jean is where you first see her as powerful as she mm-hmm. becomes in the in this movie, because she does this big thing to defeat Apocalypse, and then uh, this Phoenix form comes, and I'm like, I, you can't help yourselves. That's what it is. You can't help yourselves. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, also, just, not for nothing, man. I I think Sophie Turner is a great actress, whatever. But like, I just I see. Sansa, you know what I mean. I don't. Yes. I don't see Jean Grey when, when she's on the screen. I think. <laughs> I, I think that was a horrid casting, but that's not like a hot take. Like a lot of right, right. Yeah, like yeah. has nothing to do. It's with almost it. like they were like red. She does red hair well. Let's let's get her right, back. right. It's so it's so it to me it was so surface level to like put her in in Jean Grey. All right, all right. Off like I. This is very on the spot, but like, who could have been a better Jean Grey? Hmm. <laughs> You can pull from the past or like irrational like pull things. From the past. Yeah, like a, like an actress ten years ago, if you want. Like, yeah. Oof. Uh. Um. Gene Gray, Gene Gray, Gene Gray. Audience, if you guys have anything to just chime in. Um. Yeah. Somebody jump. I'm not to think on that. That's a that's a great. Yeah, like I thought. I thought that the original that Fonka. I thought Fonka Johnson was. Yeah. She was. Yeah. Best one for me. Yeah, 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 she yeah. did. She did well. Um, who could have? What about mm. what about a prime a prime of her career, Daryl Hannah? Yeah, I could I could see that. Like work. right right square in that like magic era. Like you're talking about eighties. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I could see it. Eighties Daryl oh, Hannah. I just don't think '80s movies were up to no, 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 no. You'd have to, you'd have to, you would have to. Time, yeah, you have to you'd time need, you'd need uh, travel for that shit. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah you need oh, okay. Involved. Another question. Like, who, who's your bishop? <laughs> I just, wait, wait, Tony. I want to, I want to hear yours too. But like, also, dual question: Who's, who's your bishop casting? Wow, you got you got throwing all you got you throwing all. I know this is very on the spot. I I don't even necessarily have an answer. We might have to come back next episode with my answer. I'm not sure. Bishop and Jean, cast Bishop and Jean. How about how about? (laughs) How about Bishop? (laughs) How about Bishop Mackay Pfeiffer in the same dread wig from Eight Mile, wearing the same wig? They, you right they now. Dust it the off. power of Christ compels me. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> I say get back thing. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> oh, okay, man. okay. Um, I mean, I don't like. Does Bishop have an accent? Where is Bishop from originally? I mean, I don't. I you think don't you can do whatever. Yeah, yeah I don't think it matters, right? Like, yeah, I mean, he's from the future. If anything, yeah, all, yeah. Right, all right, all right. I would go with for Bishop, but you have to, you have to follow me here. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Um, Tyler James Williams. Do you know who he is? Wait, wait. Everybody hates Chris. Yes. He, if you, the old, he looks different. Did, has he bulked up? I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. He's, him, I'm looking he's him thin. Up 
He's thin, but I think if he bulks up and we put that little Makai Pfeiffer thing on him, oh, okay. I could kind of okay. see. I could kind of see. Yeah, he would need a bulk. He'd need a bulk. You know what? I would like to see that because I feel like the last thing I saw him on was Walking Dead, and they did him dirty. They did him dirty. Oh, uh, yeah. Him. So I, I think he does need his his big turn. So I'm, I'm with it. I think he's. I think he's kind of looking weird getting old. He's one of those actors. He's looking. He's looking a little. I feel you know he, he kind of does look like Chris now, Chris Rock. He kind of looks bit. he kind of looks like an older Bokeem Woodbine, mm. which doesn't make sense because I know <laughs> Bokeem Woodbine older is like I, that's not a I, that's not a complimentary thing I just said. It's not a nice thing that I just said, but he sort of weirdly sometimes sort of looks like a like a like a slightly oh, older a slightly older slightly scrawnier Bokeem. Um. <laughs> oh, I forgot. He was also in Dear, the movie Dear White People, not the show. Yes, he was. Oh. With the afro. With the afro. Yeah. Okay, I could see that, Thorne. I would... Uh, I can still kind of uh, see it. I can still kind of see it. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, so, uh, all right, so is that... I feel I feel like, uh, yeah, I, my, I'll have my answers next episode. I'm, I'm oh, not so yeah, homework. Sure. That's cool. That's cool. You know what? You, let, let's let's uh yeah, let's do some let's do some just X Men casting in general. Mess That's up. not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, let's let, yeah, let's mess with that. Right, but we we, we need to talk about like the, which X Men we're talking about because there's a shit ton. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I I you know what I I feel like uh, again I've brought it up recently, but I'm I'm, I'm fascinated by. The current comic uh, storyline with the, the the seemingly polyamorous relationship with uh, Gene Scott and Wolverine, I, I think it's a bold choice. But I don't know, man. But you know what? You know what? Let, you know what's funny though. Going back to um, Dark Phoenix, so Jessica Chastain is in this movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh. She has yes, she could have been. She, she's one of the aliens, but she has white hair. You know, she's very villainous and stuff. And for a moment there, I was thinking, does she play? Does she Jean. play the White Queen? White Queen. You know what I mean? Like, you, oh yeah, I did see her in the trailers. Right. That's right, but I she remember. she doesn't. But it would, she would make a fascinating Emma Frost. Yeah, like, her for Emma Frost. Did. Yeah, and it's it's interesting um, because she's redhead. She's redheaded. Yeah, but her, <laughs> she also would have been a great Green Jay. Green, green Gray. Yeah, green Gray younger. Um, but yeah, she would have made a great Emma Frost. Did they? Wait, if I'm not mistaken. Um, was the only time we saw uh, Emma Frost on screen? Um, what was that? First class. First class. Um, yeah. What's her name? Oh my god. Um, I don't even remember who played her. I, I don't remember. remember. I can't remember who played Emma Frost in that. Yeah. Again, I only saw first class once. I don't know. Um, um, yeah, and that's and the thing is that she's pretty powerful. January Jones is her name. Uh, okay. Oh right, right, right. Yes, yes. And she was, I liked her in that movie and they just didn't bring her back. I think that there was a lot of things that they could have done that they just completely fucked up, but whatever. Yo, they have to get Mystique right next time. I think they will. I, I feel like. Well, been- yo, how about, how about for Bishop? How about, how about Jim Jones from Dipset or formerly, <laughs> formerly of Dipset? How, how dare you, sir? I don't, I don't, I, well, maybe you'll surprise us. I, you know what, though? I've seen state property, and I don't... 
<laughs> no, nobody from The Rock can act. I'm gonna go out there. And just, I mean, was was state property very entertaining? Yes, but not necessarily for the reasons that they they set out. To Cameron me. can act like crazy though. Cameron can is he? so good on you. Uh, fucking uh, paid in full. He's okay. so good in that. He's so good in that. I mean, he doesn't look to be acting at all. Like he looks to just be. It looks like he's writing his own lines as he spits them, but. But it, it, he just is really good at being himself. <laughs> like, Does he do any Louis Gucci, Louis Gucci? Uh, no, no, he doesn't. I guess they did rein him in a bit. But he's very oh, good. He's really charming in that. He's like okay. he's, he's like his full ass self in that. Um, I don't think Cameron could do Bishop though. But Jim Jones has, an, has enough spite and enough spite and beaten up industrial rage to be Bishop. I think. I feel like Jim Jones. He always read as short to me, though. Is he? Is he? I think he is kind of short. Don't you need somebody kind of tall for Bishop? Uh, tall you kind of right. Kind of do. Yeah, but then you just you just film it like Peter Jackson did, where he made Gandalf like you know huge with all the green screens and the fucking camera <laughs> angles and shit. You just film Jim Jones like that. In the okay, I'm, I'm back on board. Let, let, let's green light this. I'm gonna get on the horn with Kevin. Kevin. Yeah, I'm on a first name basis. I'm gonna get on the horn with Kevin and get this green lit. Yeah. Would you keep uh, Cable from from Deadpool too? Oh yeah, who 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 was he? That was uh, uh bu- 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 what's his name? Uh, oh oh, I know Brolin. Uh, yes, Brolin. yes, Brolin. Yeah. yeah, I'm cool with that. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I think Brolin take... swung it. Brolin's always good. <sighs> Brolin is good times. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, Brolin's never a bad time. Yeah, he did, he did that at the same time as. Uh... Oh, Nimalki jumped in the stream just as we're winding down. Uh. He hasn't read Marvel stuff in a while, mostly because they turned Captain America into a Nazi pastiche analog for reasons. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, this is not, not a not a wrong take at all. Yeah, uh, no, it's... I mean, they backed out of all that shit, right? I don't, I don't read. Yeah, I don't oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, right now, but so. you know what? Though, when it, when it was going on and it was in the yeah. Twitterverse, I was like, yo, they're gonna retcon this, this or there's gonna be uh, an other world alternate reality. It doesn't help that that like you know what? Again, back to hunters. It doesn't help that the storyline where like that ended with that splash page that shall not be forgotten. Mm-hmm. It doesn't help that like that arc is terrible. Like, yeah. that story sucks. It's, again, not... They didn't do it for a good-ass reason. It, they didn't do it to be to <clears throat> enlighten or to try something experimental and interesting. Like, it's just shit. It's well, just they did it for shock reasons. Exactly. They wanted, they wanted all they did it for. Yeah. You would have started out the story like, okay, I have a cosmic cube, I'm Red Skull, and I'm going to turn right. Captain America evil. That, then there's a different twist so right. that we see it coming. But if right. you want to make it pass it as, oh, well, this it's always been like this. Or yeah, it's, yeah. It's... Well, you know, I, and I think, and this goes back to our conversation we had last month with Tony Weaver, but like, what, what, oh, um, who are those two characters they made up? Um, oh, uh, I wanted to say hashtag. You know, for yes. for discussion oh. purposes, let's call oh. them hashtag. Oh. <laughs> I don't remember space? either. Ha- hashtag in them. Uh, anyway, space. snowflake. Space. Snowflake. Yes, yes, yes. Safe space. Snowflake yeah, and I'm, Safe Space, that was their names? That are we was not their just name. making that up? Is that, are you saying no, yeah. That? It's well, the type I blocked thing that out. I blocked that out. Okay. Yeah, you feel like you're making it up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fuck. I really no, did. Okay. All right. No, but I um, I feel like there is a certain... And I don't want to get too tinfoil hat about it, but I do feel like, to a certain extent, Marvel is aware of the power of outrage and... 
social media yeah yeah like really riling people up on social media and because that's it's its own form of uh publicity exactly and i i just feel like you know you got some of these storylines captain america is a nazi and there are things where before the book is even released the panel is leaked i wonder how it how it gets out you know what i mean and then you want to say something and this could be like we could we could wrap this up real quick this could be one of the last thoughts on the matter it's not just that it's publicity you know what the fuck of it is it's fucking it's fucking cheaper than advertising dude yeah Yeah, yeah, cheap as hell it's so cheap relation public relations yep. yep Yeah, you do some brazy shit like that, and you don't gotta, you don't gotta spend an extra fucking six digits on the billboard. Like, mm-hmm. just do that. Let 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 the let the frothy internet do the rest. Mm-hmm. Well, right. N- also read about safe space. Yeah, and it appears in the New York Times. I mean, you're golden, regardless right. if it's good. People yeah. are gonna buy it. That's right. Cool. Exactly. Your your advertising budget is saved. You know. It's like, it's cynical though. It's it's cynical and short. You know what I mean? It's kind of like build something, you know. Which, which I will say, like I, I am enjoying X Men. So they have one thing that I'm. You're gonna pull me back on the book, man. You, you've been talking about it a bit lately. You're gonna pull me. You're gonna pull me back into it. I don't pick. I haven't picked a big two in, in at least two years. Yeah, that that one I'm into, and oh, I, oh, I like. Oh, oh. I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off, Marcus. Just I remembered in case anybody's listening to this, because by the time this even goes out in the feed, it'll still be active. You know mm-hmm. that there's a very, very, very good humble bundle right now for Jonathan Hickman. Are you aware of it? Oh no, I didn't. Fifteen dollars gets you a metric shitload of Jonathan Hickman comics. Oh shit! On Comicsology? Uh, on Humble Bundle. Humble Bundle. Okay. Absolutely. If on. anybody's listening to this and you've just been, and there's no, I don't think there's Marvel in there. I don't think there's Hickman mm-hmm. Marvel, but everything else is in there. Literally oh. everything, like nightly news, uh, red, you know, Red Wing or whatever it was, like, uh, like weird Hickman stuff, like, like niche, more niche Hickman stuff, more famous mm-hmm. Hickman stuff, uh, Manhattan projects, all that. So yeah, if anybody's listening to this, including including both of you, <laughs> and you want to just like own like everything Hickman did before that, before the big two, I don't yeah. think he's he hasn't done DC. He hasn't done Not that I know. Before of, the I big one, so. everything that Hickman did before the big one, pretty much is in this bundle for fifteen dollars. Mm. Yeah, check Ooh. it out. Yeah, I copped it even for the stuff I already owned. I was like, you know what? I'll, uh, you know, I'd like to have the nightly news, like so I can read it on my iPad. And you know, there's like a bunch of Hickman stuff that I never got to. I don't think I ever finished Manhattan Project. So, yeah, check it out. All Sorry right, to cut cool. you off. I, I meant to say that I should talk about that on the show, and I did totally slip my mind. No, no, that's there. good. Uh, thanks for the the tip. Yeah, man. We we need stuff to read. We're all we're all stuck here. Yeah. That's about it, though, man. With that, I. Uh... Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I've been enjoying X Men. All right. Yeah. What, what about you, Tony? You've been—I know, I know you were—you were. Oh, I'm enjoying. Yeah, X Men. X Men's a good time. Also, um... I like that they bring in so many of the characters that you you haven't always gotten to sit with. You know what I mean? Like they. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. They're playing with a lot it, of toys. It seems much more thought out mm-hmm. than we've than we're accustomed to, and I'm not saying that. Marvel doesn't think things through. I'm sure they do in some way, but it just, in in these times, it just seems more thought out. Like, okay, you know, we're going to create a, a place for all mutants and we're going to really sort of just, you know, really think about the niche shit. And, and I think that's where X-Men has so many characters and so many villains that to do that and to do it in the way that it's been done is so smart. And yeah, you, you just want to read it because it's just interesting. I'm still bugging off a of Moira Mataggart. I'm still bugging. Yeah, yo, that was, 
even if you just read that the opening books, Leo, like the the Powers of X and the um the other one, that they, they that's just very interesting, and they do something really fascinating with Mara Montegrit. Did they, yeah, yeah so. they didn't they didn't blow up her island again, right? They didn't give her another nine eleven to get her second nine no, eleven. No, not, not not in that. What it's not in this one, but okay. Right. She's very interesting. Like I see her completely different now. That's cool. Yeah. That's so. the, all right. All right. Yeah. I'm intrigued. All right. Next time, next time we chat, I might, I might have some, I might have some X Men banter. Cool. Okay. Um. Any other movies that you get to see? The oh, did we talk about Harley Quinn's movie at all? I I, I enjoyed it. I I, I, so you did I, see it. I watched mm-hmm. I watched 35 minutes of it, <laughs> and I don't oh I don't know if I'm gonna finish it. And really? the fact that I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to finish a movie with Rosie Perez in it, the goddess. Uh, if you would have told me that like 10 years ago, like I would have said, you're crazy. But I don't, it's not really speaking to me. I will say that I like her characterization here more than I liked her characterization in Suicide Squad, despite the fact that I still don't, <laughs> well, like, yeah, I, I mean... still don't like her characterization of Harley Quinn. I don't like it. Just, it, it, it rubs me the wrong way. It feels. It feels really superficial, and sort of, and sort of like, uh, like just, it just, it, it, it. it to, look, I, no one seems to agree with me, so I don't care because everyone like fucking like loves the how Margot Robbie is Harley, but like, I get watching her play Harley. I often get the feeling that there's like a director constantly stopping her, being like, "Can you, you know, can you like." New York it up a bit more. Can you be like the, can you, can you kind of be more like Columbia and Rocky Horror Picture Show a little bit more this time? And so she does it again. And then like the eighth time he tells her to do that, that's the take they use for the movie. Like, I just get that feel from her and it, and it, it doesn't feel to me like a character that's like, just like lived in. It feels like, it feels like I, I, to me, it's an insulting performance. It's insulting. It's goofy. It's, 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 it's not. It, I, I don't find it fun. Like, I, I practically think that like Jim Carrey was having more fun being the Riddler. Like, it doesn't seem like fun and thrilling like to me. And like, even like, an, it just seems really, really, really strained. And I can't, I can't, I can't jam with it. Also, just the whole luck. Like, you know, she's kind of like a low rent DC Domino for like the first half of the first half hour of the movie it was just. Just got irritating to me, and I don't know if I'm going to finish it, boys. I will. I will say this: um, mm. the only problem that I have with her, mm-hmm. um, and it's—I don't think it's Margot Robbie. I think it's her as a character in the movie. Mm-hmm. Is this is her abilities to fuck everything up? You know what I mean? And you're just like, how did you learn this? You know what I mean? Like, how are you so acrobatic? Well, she fell in Which some goop. Right. <laughs> Which is why the cartoon is to me so much better because she gets absolutely fucked up in the cartoon. Oh, really? Does she have fighting skills? So she doesn't necessarily. No, she does as someone who is angry and who, and and, no, no, let me take that back as someone who's maniacal. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like she's much more maniacal in the cartoon. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, and everybody, I mean, I, I don't want to spoil it for y'all, but I know the shit that it's she real does, extra. It's real extra. Right. Some of the shit that she does in the cartoon is so fucking funny, but also like, oh my God, I can't believe, you know, the example, thing. she tore this person's arm off. You know what I mean? Like some, uh, some shit like that, um, which is why I like the cartoon better than the movies because she's, it's, it's more, to me, it's more quote unquote realistic in terms of her character and her being crazy. 
Whereas the movie, I, I do agree, it does feel a little bit forced when Rob, when Margot Robbie plays it. But what I will say though, to me, what makes the movie worth it is um, Ewan McGregor. Um, I love, oh, yeah, yeah. I love his portrayal of of this character, um, and and the ending is just so abrupt and sudden that it's just mm. like you have to see this shit. <laughs> it was it was well done. That's I, just. Again, I, Leo, I, mean, I get what I'm you, not I get what give you, you the hard sell. If you don't, if you, you, I feel like if you don't feel it to the point you're at, you're not necessarily going to. I had a good time watching it, but uh, you know, if, if you're not feeling it, you're probably not going to. You know, but turn I also, but, but also, I will say this: I don't take the movie that seriously. Whereas I feel, Leo, you, you, you really try to characterize the movie, try to get into it, understand what's happening. Like you're, I see that you can get really into the movie, which I appreciate, and you, you sort of see nuanced things that I may totally miss because I'm not paying attention. Um, I can see how that would be hard for you. I can be swept up in a movie, but it, w- it wasn't doing that. Yeah. And like, and the second Rosie Perez shows up, like I, and also friggin', although I haven't seen, she's not, at least in the portion I've seen, she's in it for like two seconds, um, is uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who I fucking just love, 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 love. Oh, so I, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I might, if it pulls me back in, it's because I want to see her more because she's like one of my favorite I, actresses. And I also didn't enjoy Rosie Perez's role in here. You and said I you did or more, you didn't? I, did, I didn't, but I think that's not her. I think it's just the writing. Yeah, I, I she she wasn't keeping me in it, and I, it's the way she's written. I don't like the way she was written. I mean, I think I've been actually waiting to see a a big screen Renee Montoya, and I don't think this movie gave her the room to kind of do. I, I've been I thinking that like Gotham Central would make a, a really cool television series or something. Oh, and man, I, I wish that was a television series. No, I was hoping that was what where they were going to go with Gotham. Me too. Even though Gotham was, was fun for what it was, as as crazy and goofy as it got. But, like, it, I felt like that was a real missed opportunity to not just basically make it Gotham Central. Gotham Central would have been the best show, would have been the best DC show. Yeah. Gotham yeah. Central would have been unreal. It is. A have you read that, Tony? If you haven't read it, you should read it. I've heard great things about it. I haven't read it though. Yeah, Ed Brubaker and uh, Chuck Dixon. Does Chuck uh, Dixon? No, not Chuck Dixon. Wasn't it? Um, who's the other guy who did a lot of stuff with Brubaker? It was. Uh, I, I can see the art. I, um, it wasn't Chuck uh, Dixon. The whole the like the big concept of it was that like for the two shifts of cops, they had a different comic writer for each shift, which is yeah. really cool. So like Brubaker, I think did the night shift, and then the other. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it, it might have been Chuck Dixon. I think was it Chuck was. Dick, was it Chuck Dixon? Oh no, no, no. Rucka, Greg Rucka. Oh, Greg Rucka. I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, Greg yeah. Rucka. Yeah, Greg Rucka and Ed Brubaker basically split duties on the book. Michael, incredible Michael, Michael Lark. Lark art. Oh my God, yeah. I love Michael Lark. I'm sorry. I just when I look at the when I look at the cover of Gotham Central, for some reason the the, the music from Cops just hits me. I don't know why. <laughs> oh man, no. Like that's the <laughs> that's fucked up. No, it's it's basically it's basically homicide. As, as yes. in taking place in the DC Comics universe. Nice. It's, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really good. Yeah, it was, it was. It was really, really well done. Man, I haven't read that in ages. I could dig that out. Yeah. The the other reason I think it would work really well as a show is, you know, there's minimal Batman. It's almost like Batman is kind of lurking at the edges of the story as opposed yeah. to being the central. So you wouldn't have to blow your budget on exactly, on exactly. Effects. And and super villains aren't a huge part. Of, they are in it, but they're not like. They're dealing with cops, so they're not like you know, like 
they're not piloting uh, ultimate crime machines <laughs> anything like that that you need, to, you need to get the cgi out for like yeah i i am looking forward to a big big uh screen ucm as well though yeah, of one course. Day. Yeah, one day we'll get the ultimate crime machine on the big screen. Okay, boys, we've gone over. We've yes, gone yes, way yes. over. Um, right. We, we got to get up tomorrow for comics and cereal, so we got to. Wait, I, true, but I have one question. Okay. Yeah, what's up? Marcus, what are you working on? I, Tony, I'm glad that you asked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually working on a historical graphic novel um, with uh, the great David Walker about the uh, Black Panther Party. And uh, yeah, it's it's been it's it's nice to actually be able to say it out loud. But yeah, man, um, I I can't get too into it because um, technically, the publisher hasn't announced it. But they did give David the go ahead to um to announce it on his social media. So uh, it's, it's this is all above board. But yeah, yeah, um, I'm 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 working hard at, at uh, wrapping it up. But uh, basically, it's gonna be uh, you know pedal to the metal for the next two months. I cannot wait to actually officially get you and David Walker on the show and talk about this. Oh, man. I can't wait. Yeah. It's going to be hype. going to be, be hype. hype. We got Comics Royalty on the show, you know? Oh, it's I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm not spiking any football. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> I, I, once, once the pages are turned in, I will, then I will be – I'll celebrate. I'll just – no it would be nice to see when, when we finally have Comic Cons again. It would finally be nice to see you at a Comic Con push, pushing this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, man. I'm gonna. Um, no, David talked about that. He was like, he was like, we got to get you to some conventions. So one day, when in 2025, 20, when uh, oh um, no, don't, I'm oh, joking. I'm joking. Oh, we're, gonna, we're gonna do a black comic show from your booth. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, you know we got to. Man. Absolutely, the booth <laughs> yeah. cast for sure. All right. Wait a minute. What? Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Can you imagine? Like, we all go on like a day morning at his booth and we're doing cartoons and cereal. Oh, <laughs> Comic Con. Yeah, we, we come to Marcus's booth to stream cartoons. That's. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, can, I can split my attention. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, no, the, the party was, was uh, you know, seminal and everything, blah, blah, blah. Oh, shoot, Berserko. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Ooh. All right, Leah, where can they find you? I'm at Leonardo EFF on Twitter. Uh, you can find my current video games writing at ScreenRant.com. Uh, uh, and uh, and then you can eventually find me in the pages of Manana, the Latinx uh, sci-fi yes. anthology published by Power Magic Press, courtesy of editor Joe McGill. We're, we're having her on the show soon, right. aren't we? Yeah. No, 100%. She said that she's going to let us know when, um, basically, you know, when the she, she knows about the launch. So yeah, we're 100% going to have her on. Absolutely. Yep. Where and can, uh, mm -hmm. Tony, where, where can people find you? Yeah. People can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at Latin Negro. Um, they can also uh, go to my website, anthonyatero.com. I actually started writing blogs again because... I got nowhere to go. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you can find me there. You can find uh, links to my books and to Puerto Rico Strong, uh, Eisner. Eisner. The Eisner, yes. Yeah. yes. Um, mm -hmm. If you haven't bought it, please uh, buy it. Money still goes to people affected by Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico. Um, and I just want to give a shout out. Um, I lost th two friends and a cousin due to COVID-19 and hmm. I'm thinking about y'all and it's it's been a rough week so but I'm glad that I was here for this show 
I'm I'm glad you made it too. Me too, Tony. We weren't we weren't expecting it, but we were glad you made it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, same. Absolutely. Marcus, where can they find you? Uh, At Marcus Kwame on Twitter. uh, At Marcus underscore Kwame on Instagram, and MarcusKwame.com. Ah, (laughs) MarcusKwame.com. Don't throw the W in at the end. It doesn't work. MarcusKwame.com. It's like you know. The the dot quam boom already came and went in this like <laughs> be a dot quam millionaire. Uh, I, oh I, need, I, I need to get that Geo Cities up and uh, mail it to myself as well. That was so, that was so oh, funny. Geez. All right, oh and and definitely check us out every weekend through pandemic Saturdays and Sunday mornings for cartoons and cereal, cartoon commentary nonsense. It's fun. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, I'm gonna talk to you guys tomorrow morning then. All right. right. Have a good night. All right. Good night, everyone. everyone. Shout out to the audience. Shout out to the market and everyone else. Yeah, yeah. Black comics chat.